I thought yeah. you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. I heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Yeah, well, I did a chocolate guy, but he's not even, like, really cool. Uh, firstly, hold on. Let me go on record saying that no chocolate guy is cool. Yeah. I just don't we think it's possible. He wasn't cool. He wasn't cool at all. Willy Wonka wasn't cool. Dude, he, he was, was a little uh, pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't see, in the movie, you don't see him. You don't see no, it. Willy, Willy Wonka is the Epstein of chocolate men. <laughs> I mean, right. but, well, he's still, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you just destroyed Mike's childhood. Yeah, you just ruined that. I can't watch that movie anymore. How's, he's a pedophile? When the Oompa Loompas grab him, what do you think they do with him? S- send him to the island. They the Wonka up. Island. I mean, at least you go on a vacation. That's the true. <laughs> yeah, and you get a massage therapy yeah, yeah, degree. Yeah. If you're going to get infinitely sexually abused, best be on a tropical island. You're ro- we're all going to get Alzheimer's, so we'll, we're not going to remember it soon. <laughs> Because it's rapid now. It's going to be like, because we have all this bullshit we were looking at all day. What have you been reading recently? <laughs> what, is, what is it? Have you been on Infowars.com? No, I just, I was just protecting the future. Mike's been listening to Kanye West albums backwards to try and find some messages. <laughs> yes. I'm wearing uh, uh, fishing boots. He's not wearing day. the jack boots. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> all right. So, hi. Welcome to Roast Mortem. Let's start the show. You belong here. My name is Tom. I'm Travis. I'm Connor. I'm Mike. There's high energy Mike there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just fueling up. Yeah. Yep. So uh, welcome to a special episode. It is the end of the year countdown episode. This might be two episodes, but it's probably one. We made we'll it. Figure it out. We're taking a little hiatus from Haig, because I think we're going to be in the middle of a series. Just yeah. to come out with this special holiday tradition that we do on Roast Mortem talking about a lot of people that aren't very important yeah or very important in theory it's the worst episode of the year and we plan for it see but people actually like it a lot of people are like the hol- the countdown's their favorite episode good good so if that's one of you you need to think about how you spend your time yeah i was gonna say like i, I need I, one of these <laughs> i was gonna bite my tongue but it's like why if that is you what's wrong <laughs> Write to us. Tell us what's wrong. And Mike will proof it on the job. Yeah, he'll check over it. Make I'll, sure you're okay. I'll deliver it. So, uh, how was oh. everyone's year? How was Terrible. 2022? Terrible year. Yeah, you had a rough. <laughs> Terrible yeah. year. I need money next year, right? All right, fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you out there, God? It's me, Michael. <laughs> Some bullshit. Yeah, let's see. You, your leg? Yeah, it's almost a year. I haven't skated. Don't Mike. You'll be back on the wheels soon enough. Soon. Yeah. We're just going to take your feet off and just attach a skateboard to it. Yeah. That'll be the first skateboard foot transplant. Guess, oh, yeah, we have Heelys for that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's... Fuck skateboarding. 2023 is going to be Mike on Heelys. Honestly, skating is kind of... Yeah. There's like only like two people that like you watch skating nowadays. But how many Heely people are there to watch? 
I should. There, there needs more exposure for the heliocene. I think. Mike, is uh, my true. dog making you nervous right now? No. Why? You just got bit by a dog. <laughs> yeah, but we're not in the fucking hood. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, Mike was just bit <laughs> by a dog this a, week, yeah. and he's like, and he had a, Mike, to mace two <laughs> other dogs. The same. No, the same fucker the story. got maced. This happens to me on podcasts all the time. Yeah, it's just because Dolly is too lovable. Yeah, she's I don't a hate dogs. Dog. I just hate the owners that own the dog. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. I'm gonna eat a chicken sandwich after this. I right? like your spin. I like your spin on this. <laughs> Gotta be positive, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Right. All right. Well, okay. So that was your year. Um, Connor, how's your year been? My year was uh, pretty great. I got a I got a full time job for the first nice. time, which is nice. Yeah. I got health care. It's wonderful. Same. Yeah. It's fucking sick. I'm gonna pay for that shit. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Nice. So that's good news. We like that. Yeah, yeah but... you got now you just have to get you have to figure out ways to get more prescriptions. Really utilize your health insurance. Oh, I have the job. gotten my health insurance and haven't been to the doctor since. So <laughs> really <laughs> no, taking no, advantage no. of it. You Connor, gotta you gotta start going to, for everything. Everything. How, how's your eyesight, Connor? My eyesight, uh still good. Still reading. Get so. LASIK anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll just get, get out of work for a week. Get pre-LASIK. Yeah. I'm getting pre- <laughs> Can you just give me perfect vision for life right now by just firing yeah. lasers into them? Doctor says, well, if, you know, you're the first person to ask that. And yes, we can do that. Yeah. Give me Sit the pre-LASIK. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Pre-LASIK <laughs> yourself. That's nice. <laughs> Why not? Glass is going to suck. Let's get you LASIK one day. Yeah, sure. I'm going blind, man. I literally am blind. We'll just turn him into Bucky LASIK. Bagel is sick. Let's go. Yeah, that's Bucky LASIK surgery. Sweet. <laughs> He's sick. Yeah. That's the skateboard <laughs> foot transplant. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Travis, how is it going in Portland? Is it still on fire? Uh, Portland stopped being on fire. Uh, my year has been weird. I basically turned into Bob Villa. I'm like home improvement, man. I'm like, you know, I got that house, and I keep flying back and forth to New York. I just know how to sheetrock things now. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I've also, I'm also the first year ever where I've reached, like, a, a level of, uh, like, the flyer mile things. So now I get two free check bags because I'm such a good uh, consumer. That is awesome. That's some yeah. good capitalism right there. Yeah, I did capitalism well this year. <laughs> getting basic human rights for spending a lot of money. Yeah. yeah getting something yeah, yeah. that costs nothing. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's good. Tom. I'm glad you're building stuff. Yeah, Tom, what about you? I've just been putting on muscle this year. Yeah. And that includes the a wife. continues. Yes. Uh, so it's been a good year, some uh, would say. How, do you think you've spent more on food? You're constantly bulking. Yes. Yeah? A lot more on food. I've probably doubled the amount I spent on food this year. So you're maybe previous. a quarter of what I spend. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you were born into bulking. I'm yeah. new to it, so eventually I will bulk like you do. Yeah, well, one day you'll join the Born to Bulk Club. It's something I'd love to hand down to my sons when I have them. <laughs> I plan so. on having five or six sons. Really? Yeah, why not? I just want sons, though. Because I want to have a farm. So I can have a tech job while they're farming. Yeah, ah. make, them, make sure they're Mohegan, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I might have to adopt <laughs> a few sons, you know? 
<laughs> I want ones that know how to use the land. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd prefer to not change their diapers, so I'd rather get like ones in their five or six range, you know. Yeah. I'm your dad yeah. now. Come on <laughs> down. Just starting at five. My Mohican son. Yeah, if I get enough of them, then I can open up a casino. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah, called yeah. That's, that's called game. That's <laughs> called certified pre-owned sons. Yeah. <laughs> then I can open Tom Presents Mohican Sons. Come down to the dealership. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we got crazy deals. Uh, my prices are getting chopped in half. We make Marlboro cigarettes. <laughs> Best so in class farm workers. Exactly. Yeah, so let's jump into our countdown. We do this every year, and the whole spiel, because your first year joining us, is that we roast dead people that died on the, tw on the 22nd year of their century, counting up to... Uh, 2022, where we talk about some dead-ass idiots that happened this year. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm intrigued to hear that, who died this year. Man, you're going to be so sad when you hear mine. I'm so excited. Robin Williams. Yeah, he died again. He died again. <laughs> double. <laughs> double down. Damn it, I'm going to watch Flubber. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this episode is going to be okay. So, <laughs> with no further ado, Travis, I don't have the list in front of me. Who goes first? Uh, I uh, think we're, yeah, I think we're starting the oldest in history we ever have for this series, because Connor's up first. Yeah, I think this is the oldest we've gone. I am going to be starting back in 522 BC. Of course, that's where this little story will end, but we don't know when it begins, because we have no idea when Cambyses II of Persia was born. Um, when he was born, though, it was probably a big deal, because his dad was none other than Cyrus the Great, King of Babylon, King of Sumer and Akkad, King of the Four Corners of the World, the King of Kings. Right. You may so, remember... Yeah, we've, we've talked about these boys a little bit at the beginning of the year, the start of the right. year. We talked about these boys back when we were doing Alexander, because Cyrus was the founder of the Achaemenid Persian Empire. Uh, now, Cambyses was the eldest son, so obviously he's going to be due to inherit all this. Um, he's got a couple other siblings, though. His younger brother is Bardia, and then he has the three sisters named Artistone, Atosa, and Roxanne. Not the Alexander uh, wife Roxanne, different Roxanne. Artistone. Artistone. What a name. What a healthy yeah. name. Well, that guy, he makes Parmesan cheese. Well, gal. she was that quite gal. the powerful princess. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying she's a strong woman. She's, yeah. she's got some some wide feet. <laughs> Big wide feet. Disney presents Tarzan wide feet. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, Cam Cyrus had been a conquering hero. He was the one who expanded Persia from being this light, tiny little kingdom in Iran, going from India all the way to Turkey. Um, Cambyses, we don't know exactly when he was born, but he was probably born right as these conquests were beginning, because we know that right after Cyrus conquered Babylon in 538 BC, he appointed Cambyses to be the governor of all of Babylon. So a pretty big promotion for probably a young man, maybe 20s, thinking. It's not bad. Yeah. No. S smash down Babylon. 
Do you think? Do you think he got health, free health insurance with that probably. promotion? He probably got some good health insurance with that gig. Right, do you right. really want health insurance at that point in time? Because don't they just like well, throw lions at you if you have like AIDS or I don't know what kind of diseases they had back no, then? No, health insurance back then was probably like you can pay someone else to be sacrificed to the gods to that's appease sick. them. Oh man, that's so that's awesome. your insurance deal. I, that, that would be good if you could pick. But if it was just like rando slave, it's like, yeah, this guy didn't do anything to me. I, yeah. I, I hear that uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield is offering that option next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a platinum. It is sacrificed to Marduk in honor of your spleen. Um, however, this job as governor did not last long. Uh, nine months later, he's relieved of this position. We're not sure why. Remember, this is two and a half thousand years ago. We don't really have good sources on this they're yeah, all don't very split hairs this is not a yeah <laughs> not shooting uh, but he, anyway he's fired and apparently just kind of floats around as a royal prince for a couple of years his younger brother um bardia was given a governorship that was exempt from paying taxes far to the east so he basically had his own little kingdom as part of the kingdom that's pretty nice um and you know cambyse is just hanging out eventually his dad names him uh, or allows him to use the same titles as him so now he is also allowed to be styled as king of kings which basically means he's the, now the co-ruler and cyrus is acknowledging him as his heir which is good because in 530 bc cyrus despite being an old man is on the front lines fighting against the scythian empire and is killed and cambyses becomes the emperor of all of persia so now he's really the king of kings. Now he's actually the king of kings, not just the king of kings' son who gets the keys to the Corvette on the do weekends. You, do you think that the king of kings may have faked his own death? Because he was tired uh, no. of it? They got he him? definitely was just like, I love fighting battles. Oh. And then even at like 70 years old, is like, let me lead the charge. Really? Wow. Don't they, don't yeah. they call Jesus the king of kings? Did, they, did he steal yeah. that from uh from He stole Kambises? that from the Persians. Oh, okay. But I think the Persians stole it from the Babylonians, like the Hammurabi, all the way back there. Dude, yeah, that's all it takes to be verified back then. Just call yeah. yourself king of kings. So Cambyses, he's Cambyses II because his grandfather, who his, was his namesake, had been king of Persia. Um, he had his eyes set on Egypt. This was something that Cyrus had been planning to conquer all of Egypt through the, uh, most of the upper Nile. And in 525 BC, the invasion begins. It takes, it's one of these one battle ancient wars where like one battle decides the outcome. In this one, it's the Battle of Pelusium. And according to legend, and we're just going to pretend it's true, the Persians uh, in the front lines either held in front of them or like affixed to the front of their shields, cats and other small animals that the Egyptians found sacred. And then just marched towards them with all these cats in front of them. And so the Egyptian soldiers refused to fight because they're like, I can't kill these cats. That wow. is how you win any fight against Travis. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, that's <laughs> yeah, how you so win a fight against basically harassing Reddit. them with live cats. If, if Reddit was an army, that's how you'd beat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're too soft. Just hold them in front. We all know that Reddit people couldn't fight. No way. So this is amazing because cats are yeah. cool. And that's a smart way to kill the Egyptians. Yeah, so the Egyptians like found them super alive. Holy. Yeah, just living cats going, ah, oh, yeah, this is my shield. You wouldn't 
throw a spear this way, you might hurt this. Yeah, you wouldn't shoot an arrow at us. You might kill these cats and be its damned to hell forever. It's Buttercup. It's got a personality. You know what? You can come on in and take over. Yeah, you know just, just come on in. Yeah. Come on. See, like, this is why, like, the Hindus finding cows sacred, it's not, you know, a drawback in war because you can't, like, hold a cow in front of your shield. It's they had to get charged with them, yeah. though. Put them on yeah. carts. Yeah. Or on carts, yeah. 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 Put them in shopping carts. <laughs> so the Battle of Pelusium ends. Cambyses wins. He becomes the pharaoh of Egypt. Uh, the Achaemenid Persians are the 27th dynasty of Egypt. He basically takes on all the trappings of being an Egyptian pharaoh, kind of like Alexander would eventually do. Um, he uh, then gets submission from all the lands around Egypt, the lands of Lydia, Cyrene, Barca, and Cush, all, all recognize him as their overlord, so he's expanding the empires even further. Dank. That's dank. Um, however, in 522 BC, Cambyses finds himself racing back to Persia across the Egyptian sands because he hears of a rebellion back at home. We don't really know what the rebellion is. What we also don't know is why, en route, he dies under uh, suspicious circumstances. There's all these different accounts. They all include a wound to his thigh, but we don't know if it meant... There's one account that he was um, killed in battle, like an arrow struck his thigh and then went gangrenous and he died. Right. Another that he was getting into his horse and stabbed himself on accident. And then, <laughs> oh no. Uh, and then the most likely is that it could have been an assassination because that rebellion back at home was being led by his younger brother, Bardia. Oh. However, there's another story for another time that it might not have actually been Bardia, it might have been a magus named Smyrtus who was impersonating Bardia and pretending to be the long-lost brother and was overthrowing the Empire. That's oh, a story for another day. Bobby Smyrtis. <laughs> Bobby Smyrtis. Uh, and then there's the other suspect for an assassination was Cambyses' loyal lance bearer, so basically his second-in-command, none other than Darius the Great, who would seize the throne from Bardia or the imposter Bardia and then become the greatest ruler in Persian history. And that's Cambyses the second. Woo! Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. So nice. got a guy that maybe stabbed himself in the leg. Yes. He might have stabbed himself in the leg. Someone else might have done it. He might have taken an arrow. Shit happens. All we know is he conquered Egypt with cats. Hell yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So we have to remember what death we would pick. We did this last year. What death we would pick. Yeah. So his end. is wound to the thigh. Yeah. Wound to thigh. Okay, remember that. Okay, so uh, next up, we're going way forward into the future. We're going to uh, 622 AD. Oh, good year. Yeah. It's a full 900, no, 1100 years later. Yeah. A lot of time. Wow. Long ass yeah. time. So, uh, our boy, I want to start, start the other part. We all know, because Germany was a little late to the game, when Germany was a whole bunch of little smaller kingdoms in the in the 19th century, it was unified. We talk about that a lot when we do Germans. But that was pretty much the case for all of Europe uh, it, before maybe like the, uh, uh, I'd say like 18th century or even after that. But we're going all the way back to the 7th century. And France, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, it's pretty much just a stir fry of little kingdoms fighting each other. Everything that you know about Europe back, you know, now is not the case back in the 7th century. It's fake. 
It's, yeah, yeah, it's just a bunch of boys saying, I'm bigger and stronger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're very passionate individuals and go to bed kind of late. But yeah. beyond that, it's the same thing. We're going to be talking about one of those boys that thinks he's bigger and stronger. Um, and it wouldn't be another century until Charlemagne came in. And he's like, yo, I'm the boss of you snail people. Settle down. Jesus. Uh, but we're not Getting there settled. yet. So our subject is a guy named Bert Berthold, the Duke of Saxony. And now Saxony, uh, 500 years prior to the events that went down in 622, uh, invaded or maybe migrated the mainland uh, from the mainland Europe of uh, Britain. Uh, so at the time, Britain was mainly a mix of Roman and Britain, Pick, Celt tribes, and thus the Anglo-Saxons were born. So that's where you might know Saxony and Saxons. Ah. Hmm. Now, Berthold was from mainland Saxony, uh, which is pretty much at the time, it's pretty much like northern Germany, like north of the Rhine, parts of like the Netherlands, like that whole area. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know when Berthold was born, uh, but we do know that in 622, he was a very ambitious little Saxon and rebelled. Ooh, I... <laughs> Wait, so I like that first off that neither of us knew who the... when these people were born. No. And kind of for both of us, especially for this one, we're just skipping to the year that they died as like, that's when we finally, <laughs> they burst onto the scene. Yeah, I could not find anything else about <laughs> Berthold, but we knew know that he died in 622. Uh, yeah. All right, sorry, continue, Trey. Yeah, so little old Berthold was very ambitious Saxon, and he decided to rebel against his Frankish overlords. So you see, the Franks uh, controlled a whole bunch of these little kingdoms uh, surrounding, like, it would be modern-day France and Germany and, like, parts of Spain. The Franks controlled, the like, all the kingdoms, and Saxony was a suzeranity. I never know how to pronounce that. Suzerain? Suzerain. Suzerain. Suzerain kingdom. Susan Sarandon kingdom. Yeah, a lazy Susan. Client state. Yeah, a lazy Susan of a kingdom. Uh, so Berthold, uh, his neighboring kingdom was to the south. It was uh, Austra- Austrasia, which is very confusing because they kept correcting <laughs> it to Austria or or Australia. Austrasia. Austrasia. That's uh, um, yeah, like a like a Chinese Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what those people look like. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing that we don't have a third country that sounds very similar to that. Yeah. <laughs> It's good that one of the others died out. Yeah, Australia yeah. is pretty much what we were talking about during World War One. It's that area of France and Belgium. Like, mm. it's a pretty big kingdom, um, and this kingdom uh, was the largest and strongest, and it was controlled by the Frankish kings. So, Australia was so important that the Frankish king, King Clothar the Second, installed his son Dagobert the First. <laughs> Over the king of Australia. <laughs> Dagobert. Yeah. It's a killer name, actually. Yeah. Is that where George so, Lucas got the idea for Dagobah? Like, so I was thinking, is this like a swampish area? Bread. Yeah. Or like a yogurt. Uh, like a healthy yogurt. Let me call my cousin Dagobert, see if he can borrow his quad. <laughs> he lives in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't own pants. It's all shorts for him, for Dagobert. So Clothar and Dagobert were actually important because they were the last of the Merovingian kings to rule Francia. Oh, jeez. Yes. 
Uh, so Berthold was not too happy that Dagobert was uh, the new leader of Austrasia. <laughs> and so he staged a rebellion in Saxony. Now, in response, Dagobert decided to cross the Rhine and invade <laughs> Saxony. Um, Dagobert pretty much got his butthole pushed in by the Saxons. And uh, uh, after one battle, he receives a strong blow to the helmet and oh, lops wow. off. Oh. Yeah, and lops off part of his long hair. <laughs> oh, oh no. Dagobert lost his hair? Yeah. They become Dago. What? what a Dago bald. <laughs> Is he Dago tarted? <laughs> well, this was a big deal because if you were in the time of this early Middle Ages and you knew a Merovingian, you'd be like, those dudes have some killer hair. That was part of their culture. They grew their He's hair. He's forever out. ruined. That was, his, that was his breaking point. He's lost his hair. Yeah. This it's embarrassing, hair? walking home with like that is just true. a chunk I mean, of no hair. Good barbers, probably. You walk home looking like Gallagher. It's like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this hair, this hair was so important that after the battle, he went back to the battlefield and picked it up. It's like I need my hair, dude. dude. Yeah, glue that shit that's back just, on. That's just guys being dudes. That's cool. <laughs> what do you use for glue back then? Like cum. Yes, I think they yeah, just yeah. kind of sat still for a while. Remember, time was very slow back then. There wasn't a lot to do, so you would just kind of sit there and see if it would push it back in. See if it would take well, like a Lego piece. Yeah. <laughs> I've so been laying here for three weeks to see if my hair would resettle in, but it never oh, took. Oh, like Shia Pet or some yeah. shit. <laughs> so Dagobert collects his hair from the battlefield, and he's like, he sends it off to his dad, Clothar. And with a message, he's like, Daddy, I need your help. The Saxons are being mean. Look, they cut my hair off. Um, awesome. So Clothar gathers his forces and heads, heads off to Saxony. Now, uh, Dagobert and his Austrasian <laughs> army are camped on one side of this river called the <laughs> Wesser River. And Berthold and the rebel Saxons are camped out on the other. And when Clothar arrives uh, to his son's camp, uh, the Saxons could hear the applause coming from the Austrasians uh, from the other side of the river. And now some of Berthold's- so made up. The whole thing- <laughs> <laughs> Dig over. You're just like taking a shit and writing this down in your notepad. Dude, this is real. This is why, this is why we don't talk about early Middle Ages, because it's all Clothars. They're all so high, too. I'll I just giggle every time you say uh... Dagobert. I'm just like laughing. <laughs> so Berthold's men are like, dude, do you hear that applause coming from the other side of the river? Clothars definitely there. And this is not you know, the river that's making all that noise. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is not good. Clothar is a mean ass boy. Yeah, we're gonna get our buttholes pushed in. So Ber Berthold is like, no way Clothar rode all the way from I think he was in like uh uh what's that place? Burgundy, like in South France. There's no way that Clothar rode all the way up here. Grow a pair, you cowards. It, we're gonna go fight yeah, these idiots. Mm, time to get it on. Yeah. So the very next day, um, with a bunch of old-timey wars, we know there's that, like, parlay in the beginning, and the two uh, kings or leaders meet each other in the middle of the battlefield. Yeah, have your little chit-chat. Yeah. So the uh, Clothar rode his... Or, sorry, not Clothar. Uh, Berthold rode his horse out into the middle of the river, like, wading into the river, and watched the Australian... Uh, leader of the army ride out to him and when the leader arrived he removed his helmet 
and Clothar and uh, Berthold saw the long gray hair, and he's like, "Shit, that is Clothar." Oh no! <laughs> Damn. So <It's> Dagobert. <laughs> now, I mean, I'm sure he's a little bit scared. Berthold's here, but he taunted the Frank. He said, "Retire." For if you defeat me, people will only say you have been beaten your slave, Berthold. While if I will, while if I win the victory, they will say everywhere that a mighty king of the Franks has been killed by one of his slaves. Mm. And with they had TV words. back then, what's up? Imagine they had TV back then. Probably none of this would have <laughs> happened. <Yeah. laughs> and with that, Clothar in full armor charged Berthold and the two of them fought in single hand-to-hand combat in the middle of this river and Clothar comes out victorious landing the death blow by cleaving Berthold's head off straight clean with an axe (laughs) one shot nice move yeah take that you shithead yeah yeah, but he only killed his slave so what's the big deal yeah well that's the end of our subject uh just a little quick follow-up the saxon army was uh quickly routed after the beheading (laughs) and uh, the austrasians entered saxony and plundered uh the majority of the land and then put to death most of the adult male saxons wow Ah, so not a good Good move for Berthold. no (laughs) <laughs> they had TV. They would have been like, you know, what? we'll go watch. You gotta go home and watch TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if they were, I mean, they, they would have just been news. home watching like NCIS or something. Yeah, right. You know? Watch fucking Scrubs. <laughs> scrubs, but in the year, what year are we in again? Sixteen twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Just like just a Man, bunch I, of monks. Yeah, yeah, carrying around torches in a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, put these leeches on your scrotum. Just one mean janitor guy. <laughs> Good year. All well, right. Fun. Happy, wow, that's cool. You know what? I like Dagobert. Uh, Dagobert, <laughs> he gets a pass. All right, so uh, what What was the first one? The death by... Th- thigh wound. Thigh, thigh wound. And this one is head uh, chopped River off. head chopping. Yeah, beheading after single hand combat. Beheading in a single combat. I don't know if any death can top that. That's kind of how... It's like the perfect way to go. Yeah. It's nah. clean, maybe. I don't know. We didn't say the sources didn't say if it took a couple swings. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> Could be messy. Um, so I think we're heading back. I'll, I'm starting again because we are at 722, only a hundred years later. Oh, that's right. We are with the high. Ki- we we're traveling not too far from where we just were. We're going to Ireland. Oh, Travis, I'm kind of happy you laid the groundwork because. Trying to understand the high kings of Ireland at this time, the metaphor I kept coming back to is, is it's like reading about uh, the history of one bar's bar fights. <laughs> and like, one guy is like known as like the best rumbler for like six months before he gets his ass kicked. And then for eight months, it's the next guy. And it's just wave after wave of guys being the best fighter, because that's basically what High King of Ireland was. Well, and we don't even know if any of these guys existed, but they I all mean, just that, love beating the hell out of each other. That's an analogy, but wouldn't it be fair to say it's more literally that Ireland in itself is just a series of bars? <laughs> and uh, like, like, back then, too wrong. Like, more, <laughs> what was it like? It was like, what was it back then? Just like a bunch of potatoes and... Well, I mean, no, you know, no, no potatoes at all. Not what? a single potato. No potatoes? I guess not. Uh, no. I don't know. I know that they got upset about potatoes at one point and came and well, here we are. 
Um, but <laughs> well, potatoes are from the New World, so what oh, we know are? about Ireland back really? then, very different. We, we know at least there were no potatoes. Oh. All right, so hmm. we're talking about a guy who may or may not have existed, but we have some reports that he did. Because <laughs> awesome. uh, basically, when the High Kings of Ireland, when someone finally was able to control all of Ireland, they like rewrote this history of like all these different kings that they tied themselves to. And so some of them are definitely real, some of them aren't, but we don't know which ones are which. The guy we're going to be talking about died in 722. Again, for the third time, we don't know when he was born. <laughs> it's called the Dark and, Ages for a reason. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say now, 691. Uh, that would be an impressive life, if 691. So let's go with that, and then just baby. pretend that it is 691 <laughs> for the rest of this, okay? Sure. There we go. We're rewriting history. Yeah. Yeah. The guy... I, uh, I haven't said his name yet because I don't really know how to pronounce it. I texted my dad, who lived in Ireland for a year, and this is how he, like, phonetically spelled out how to pronounce it. Fergal McMildoon. That is who <sighs> we were talking about. <laughs> That's like the name of seven bars on Long Island. We're just gonna call him Seamus. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're calling, we can call him Fergie. His, Fergie? his name is Fergal. Right. Ferg, Fergal is his def, definitely his name. Fergal uh, Mac. Fergal Mac. Fer Fergie Mac. There we go. Fergal is a common name, though, in Ireland. Fergal? <clears throat> really? I don't know that. Yeah, I think All that's right. like the real name of the guy who, um, what's the wrestler's name? What's his name? Uh, Finn Balor. Oh, Finn Balor. Uh, he's uh, the Irish guy. I think his real name is Fergal. That's actually, their, All right. that's actually their student loan company, too. It's Fergal Mac. Fergal. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go with Mike's theory that this guy was born in 691. 90s, baby. Um, so we know Fergal, uh, his dad was Maeldun Mac Maeli Fittrich, who was king of Eilich. Uh, Fergie Mac inherited this title when he was nine years old in the year 700. <laughs> so nice. we know he's from the northwestern Ireland. Um, and going by Mike's timeline, we first hear about him when he's fighting the men of Connacht in a battle in 707. When the 16-year-old boy king, I guess we'll go with, slays King Indratach Makduncado. Again, these names are ridiculous. <laughs> and all we know about it Damn. is just like, so-and-so fought this guy. And then he fought this guy, and then he fought this guy, and then he lost. What kind of weapons do they use? Do they use like hand-to-hand, -hand, or is it like just like whatever? This is got. all like swords spears and, and swords. crude spears and Rocks. shields. And shillelaghs. And shillelaghs. Shillelaghs. Yeah, that's... Shucks. It's the only weapon you Probably can take not on by a this plane. Point. Probably no more chalets by this point. A shillelagh is the only weapon you could take on a plane. Really? Well, you can convince him it's a cane. It's a wood right. stick. With a big old ball of wood at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just hold on to it and you go, oh, I'm back I'm my, Mike Regan. I keep breaking my legs. <laughs> yeah, my ACL is bad. <laughs> I need my shillelagh to walk yeah. around. <laughs> You protect everyone on this fucking plane, my fucking shillelagh. I'm here early because I have to get to the Ron John shop to get <laughs> stickers for my shillelagh. <laughs> yeah, everyone should stop by the Ron John shop really at Cocoa Kennedy Beach. Airport. Yeah, definitely swing on by. Now, this battle is in 707, and it was a big deal not only because uh, he defeated a pretty big army, but this is also Ireland in 700. The armies are like a thousand dudes. Uh, it's also because he avenged the death of the High King of Ireland, Loingsach Mac Unugusu. Don't know who that is. Don't know what he did. <laughs> wow. But he, he, but needed, was, he needed yeah. avenging, though. That's what we do now. He <laughs> definitely <laughs> rapes him. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. 
We do know that after the victory, uh, Fergal becomes the High King of Ireland himself in 710 AD. Um, when the old High King passed away, there is no real clear lines of succession. We don't know who, how someone could become High King of Ireland. We don't know if it was inherited or if it was like a King of the Hill boxing analogy type thing. It kind of seems like it was just like a heavyweight belt that they passed around. Yeah, they have I mean, a chug. They have a chugging contest. They have a brawl. You're the High King. Yeah. There's a lot more merit to that than there is the way royalty has been handled the past oh, century or so. This seems like a superior In method. Europe, yeah, like, at least make the guy do something. Then I mean, you don't get, like, Charles II's or John VI in there. Hell, I'd go so mm -hmm. far as to say that our, our system's flawed, and we should just do that nowadays in America. Have a boxing <laughs> yeah. match become president? I mean, yeah. I would like to have seen Arnold in that position at some point. <laughs> That He's really cool. the truest American to have ever lived. Yeah. yeah. I think he, big he part should have been president. Big part of being American is having a non-American accent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Fergal becomes High King in 710. Again, so we're just going to pretend he's 19 when this happens. So good for him. Uh, he was continued fighting though. He never stopped. All we really know is he keeps fighting lesser kings. Uh, he's intervening in disputes. He's burning down villages that don't pay him tribute, and he's just kind of imposing his will over wider and wider swaths of Ireland. Totally a dick. Yeah, uh, they Jeez. all seem like dicks. All they're doing is fighting <laughs> and raiding each other. Uh, and in 722, he is beginning a major expedition against the Leinstermen because they had broken a truce with Fergal in the years previously. However, the disastrous Battle of Allen would follow on December 11th, 722. Oh, come on. We have no idea what happened, but Fergie and many of his fellow noblemen are all killed in the battle, and uh, a big part of his kingdom kind of is chopped off and lopped into separated kingdoms. The Battle so of Allen. <laughs> Battle of Allen. Yeah, think about that one. Yeah, yeah. take that. Uh, not a terrible story, though. Fergie had two sons who would eventually have their own time in the sun and be high kings as well. Um, but his reign came to an end in the bloody fields of Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen fields, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say his death was being bottled in a bar fight. I think but, we should um, go with uh, beat over the head with a chalet. chalet yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um... We should open a shillelagh shop. Why? Yeah. You get a custom one. You get bedazzled. Yeah, with you, rhinestones yeah, and shit. Shillelagh yeah. bedazzling your fucking. We can write. We can uh, write <laughs> Fergal's yeah. name on. Fer yeah. Fer Fer we'll, we'll, we'll be called Fergal's. Come on down, Fergal's on Third Street. Yeah, <laughs> Fergal's on Third. <laughs> Fergal's on Third. <laughs> oh, you get a carrying case for my shillelagh. Oh my god. No, well you have to. It carries you. Because yeah. it's like a, you know, if you have a case, it's not like a lacrosse stick. Uh, uh, it's, you get, <laughs> get a sticker for it, like a bumper sticker. Yeah, sure, why not? why not? Yeah, fuck it. Honk if you're Irish. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sell French fries inside. Yeah. Potatoes, you mm -hmm. know? I like it. It's a secret compartment for French fries. Yeah, um, I'm right. going for some French fries right now. You want me to order French fries for you? Oh, you would? I yeah. would. It's I in the year. Oh, weeks. my God. It's in the year. You owe me. I owe you. <laughs> you awesome. owe my. Awesome. That's right, Tom. You owe can't my. Just, so, can't uh, just do something nice. It has no, to. No, you like, owe me, Tom. It has to have weight behind it. 
So so we're we're jumping. Oh, we and some French fries. <laughs> so we're going to be jumping a hundred years uh, and going very very far from Ireland to the land of French fries. Right, Tom? Belgium? Holland. Oh yeah, uh, Japan. Okay, <laughs> they probably really good French fries. We're going to Japan. Japan. I'll order French fries after I do this bit. All right, it's Japan. The year is well. We're going to end up in the year eight twenty two, but we're starting our tale in Japan. 1767. Oh, damn. Or seven? And a time. 767? 767. 767. I said, yeah, I said 17, didn't I? That's going to happen. We're going to be with archaeologists, like unburying this guy. (laughs) Yeah. This is, uh, that's going to happen again. I assure you. 767. A country in time very far from our own. Imagine this. You're a cute Japanese baby with perfect hair. <laughs> and a, <laughs> don't make me laugh. There's nothing funny about this. This is all true. And a giggle that can warm up even the coldest of traditionalist Nara hearts. The look of wonderment pours out of your adorable Japanese face and into the <laughs> crevice of every temple, dojo, and imperial court within miles. Your name is Hirono. All right. Your family is this tells kid you- from old enough? Does he does he go on a little errands? Uh, yeah, you can imagine that actually. There is a there is one big errand in this. I will give you that. <laughs> Your family tells you you're descendant of a great Chinese emperor, with no evidence to back it up. You spend your younger years honoring your elders, thinking about owning your own Nissan Altima and drinking fresh mountain stream water. <laughs> Boring, old, fresh from the streams of malaise-flavored water stream. Sounds Whatever that means. Me. Remember know. that, though. Remember, come, this comes back into the story. You, you have to be careful from drinking from fresh streams in Japan, though, because the kappa will show up. And uh, you, ha- you know how you kill a kappa? Yeah. How ha- do you kill the kappa again? You have to. It has a little pond on its head, and you have to make it bow to you so its brain leaks out. Wait, what's what the fuck are you talking about? Oh yeah, this is uh, this is true. A kappa is a ass sucking fish, uh, demon. Yeah, it's a demon of. He the looks old, like a ninja turtle, but he's an oni. Oh, uh, yeah. So he comes out of that water. If you get your ass too close to the water, he just comes out and starts licking it. Oh my um, god! Yeah, he is a freak. Yeah, so that's real. Shibatoshi um, Nakamoto. Let's see. So as Hirono. Put yourself in his shoes again. You become a monk at the age of 13 because there isn't much happening in 780. Maybe a samurai instead, honestly, but... I don't even think that was an option for you. Your yeah, parents were like... too early. Oh, yeah, royalty. Yeah. royalty yeah. At 14, the other monks ordain you as a monk, and they give you a name. You are no longer Hirono, but you are Saicho. Short for Saicho Bob. <laughs> <laughs> You become the disciple of a Chinese monk named Daozuan. With the emperor's permission, you uh, you get the okay from this. Remember, there is contention between the Japanese, where we are, and the Chinese, all the way over there. But the emperor goes, Daozuan, he's one of the good ones, of course. Nice. <laughs> oh, he's right. in. Yeah. You Go become fascinated with Daozuan's East Mountain teachings of Chan Buddhism a form of esoteric Buddhism that focuses on oral tradition. Hmm. You are 20, and you become a fully ordained monk. And to celebrate the fact that you have been ordained, you lock yourself in isolation to study more Buddhism. Dude, get that high. sounds That's so fun. You're getting high in there. You're just getting high, yes. <laughs> Talk yeah. to God. What's, what's, you re- what's my new name? I'm sorry. What, what am I, what's my Sa- name now? S- 
A I C H O. Oh, si- right. Sideshow Sideshow Bob. Sideshow. Sideshow. Yeah. Sideshow Bob. Thank yes. you, Sideshow. When you return, you have a proclamation about your studies, your findings, your doom life philosophy. Nobody cares, but you proclaim them anyway. That's they cool. go as far. Sounds like a good time. Honestly. Yeah. I, yeah. You know. this, this is all is good the, stuff. This is the creed under which Sideshow Bob lives his life. <laughs> That's that's his reality. He's got every day. That's his that's his thing. This is his thing. So he says, so long as I have not attained the stage where my six f- faculties are pure, I will not venture out into the world. So long as I have not realized the absolute, I will not acquire any special skills or arts, i.e. becoming a, a doctor or a calligraphy artist, whatever the hell. Basically, I'm not going to do jack shit. Yeah, yeah. Until, until I'm so pure with my Buddhism. Until I really figure this shit out. That's what he's saying. This is some good next-level procrastination. Yeah, no, 100%. this sounds like a bunch of kids that want to become an MLG, like, you know, I'm going to be a Call of Duty, um, you know, professional player. I will not get a yeah. job until I am the <laughs> sickest at COD. <laughs> until I am sponsored by Mountain Dew. Until yeah, I am it, part of FaZe Clan. These are very <laughs> honorable. These are like, this is, you know, the, this, what do they call them? The basement boys or whatever the, the, all oh, the Japanese the hermit, men. hermit people. Yeah. They just oh, yeah. live inside their, their parents' house and they, they just read animes. It's like me. Yeah. Like you. Just jerk off my room. This is a culture that he's creating basically. <laughs> so long as I have not kept all the press, uh, precepts purely, I will not participate in any lay donors Buddhist meetings. So I guess he's just trying to figure his own thing out. There's more of these. I'm actually going to stop reading them, though, because this is really boring. <laughs> Next part. Tom, tell me about his enlightenment. Well, here's the thing. Being enlightened makes you very unfun. Mm, yeah. That's what true. I've got. How do you know? Okay. Um, so I did, if you notice, I did something here. What? I put you in the shoes of Sideshow in the beginning of the story. I kept saying yeah. you, you, you. Yeah, I just wanted to make you feel something for this guy as I was unable to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done a great job. Yeah. I feel like I'm enlightening myself. Yeah, I'm very Good. enlightened by Sideshow. We have more. Sideshow opens a temple, the Arnyaku Temple, honoring the Yakushi Nayori which is a medicine-based Buddha. I didn't know there was multiple Buddhas. I thought it was like Buddha. Yeah, there's, there's multiple, yeah. Well, it's like how you have like a regular Squirtle, and then you have like a shiny version, and then you have like evolved yeah. version. It almost seems like uh, like Eevee, where it can evolve into, you know, like Ninetales or fire, like all the different Eevee yeah. evolutions. There's always variations to everything, even like gods. Well, and apparently stuff like a big part of like these different sects of Buddhism have to do with like, they all recognize the same Buddha, but they look out for redundancies. They're like, that Buddha is actually the same as that one. So they have like, you know, 10 to 12 they work with or whatever it is. But then some of them are like, no, it's actually 14 because these are overlapping. And it's like they fight about this. Uh, is that like kind of like normal religion where like there's like tons of like things that are kind of similar to Christianity and stuff like that? And yeah, it's kind of like when you offer to do something nice for someone and then they put like some weight behind it, like you owe me so something. Then, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there a, is, does uh, Buddhism have its like Mormon Buddha? If like, oh. the Mormons are to Christianity, is there like a sect of Buddhists that everyone, all the other Buddhists are like, even to us, those guys Yeah, they're are Utah. Like, I, would have, <laughs> I would have to assume so. I don't know. I didn't dive that much into it. It's very complicated. Yeah. Like, I got a lot of respect for the yeah. East, and I'm not trying to pretend I know it all. Okay? I, I think the uniting all factor right. is they're all big boys, and it's big boy season. If you're a Buddha, it's, it's a big boy. It's definitely big boy season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. 
Probably some good food to eat. Oh, we'll see about that. When Saito was 31, <laughs> he gained recognition by Emperor Kanmu <laughs> and thus became an influential monk amongst his peers. Oh, influencer monk. In 803, cool. he was granted permission to travel to China to study the Chinese Tendi priests, or the Tendi priests. The Tendis? Ooh, tendies. Yeah, the Tendis. Uh, oh, the we, tendies you're literally priests. talking about big boys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's correct. The first time he tried to leave the shores of Japan, the boat fell apart, and Saicho had to wait another year to depart, as Damn evidently, me. the Japanese only build one boat at a time. Quality. <laughs> it it, it fell apart. Japan. The first one fell apart. Shit I don't happens. think you can make the quality argument. The whole of Japan builds one boat at a time. It's That's... like, we, we just finished a warship, now we gotta build a rowboat for our, that fisher. You put speakers <laughs> in the trunk and it's saying Same amount of time. Every Shit. time. <laughs> Does it, it's three years at a clip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that was just a, that was just a weird happening. <laughs> so weird that that happened. <laughs> he actually he got over there and they went with a fleet of three ships, and on the way, two of the ships sank, except his made it. <laughs> so that must have been crazy back then. Like the ocean was fucked up. Why like, go? No, get the boats better. You don't know. Go. You don't know any better. It's fucking seven twenty six. You're like, yo, this yeah, seems it's, yeah. good. Eight oh four. Eight oh four. I mean, eight oh four. Seems good to me. Just go for a hike <laughs> in the suicide woods. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. You don't need a boat for that. No, right? you don't even need to like. You just get. You just leave. <laughs> After a year of Chinese mountain life, Saicho went back to Japan. Not only bringing Tendai School as an official, um, it, it was an official. Officially recognized by Buddhism as like a form of education. So not only did he, did he do that, he brought some type of foreign leafy substance from his Japanese to his Japanese brethren. Uh, they had never laid eyes on anything like this before. So oh oh, is it, can I guess what it is? Yes. Is it tea? Shh. Okay. So <laughs> gather around. He says. Saicho yells. Yells. He gets off the boat. Gather around. He points to a group of young Japanese monks in training. He says, I need you to take this pot and fill it to the brim with water from the crick. After you've done that, <laughs> take the pot of water and place it over a fire. When the water reaches 140 to 180 degrees Fahrenheit, come get me. Don't go <laughs> over <me>. 180. He <laughs> <laughs> just took a thermometer. Yes, in there. Uh... This is what it said. Um, three days later, the group of young men woke up Saicho from a long Chinese-style nap. Saicho, great teacher, the Tendai school, master, please wake up. The stream water is hot and ready. Saicho oh. made his way to the nearly boiling pot. From his pockets produced a handful of dried garden trimmings. <laughs> Here's some fucking what, killer what about hash his, What about his thermometer? How did he know it was between 140 and 160 Fahrenheit? It's, it's a trust. It's a yeah. trust, Connor. We don't I, know. I'm getting burnt. It's good. You're it's not, in, you're not enlightened you're in. enough to know about temperature. <laughs> After, yeah, eyeball it a little bit. Like, all right, that's good. After three minutes, he took a ladle and drank from the transformed stream water. Ugh. Ah, this <laughs> is much better than regular water. Try it for that's yourself, he said. Ah, yeah, drink Wait, did they call it Lipton-san? <laughs> close, <laughs> close. The students tried the radical soup that laid before them. His students asked, Masker, what is this miracle drink you've brought us? He said, Saicho, in all of his wideness, said, it's called green tea. 
It contains healthy bioactive components. It's Arizona components. green tea. Sick. May improve brain function. Increases fat burning. Antioxidants may lower the risk of some cancers. May protect the brain from aging. May reduce bad breath. May help prevent type 2 diabetes. I have, I have all of those. May help prevent cardiovascular disease. Wow, he was wise beyond his years. Yeah. Seriously. Visit myjapanesegreentea.com for more info. <laughs> See, he was so he was so far ahead. They're probably like, this dude speaking in tongues. What the fuck is he? They saying? had no idea. They were <laughs> just psyched. The they fuck? were just psyched. All right, these guys. They were like. What the fuck? They all started screaming. You see what Sideshow Bob came home with? <laughs> yeah, they, they took all their crazy Japanese hats, threw them up in the air, freeze framed. 12 years later, Sideshow's dead at the age of 56, probably from too much green tea. That's the end. <laughs> Got ex 1822. Green tea dead for you? All right, and they're drinking again. Thanks, Arizona. It's dead that quick. Death from extra mm -hmm. antioxidants. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Overdosing on antioxidants. And that's when anime was made. Yeah, so Sideshow is credited not officially of with bringing green tea to the place we associate green tea with which is well Japan. that sounds official i mean he got the info from japanese tea inf.com my like my japanese green tea.com yes. yeah yeah it sounds there. like he knew it all all about oh it. yeah yeah that's crazy yeah it's a it's a great thing that Saicho did i don't care much for green tea at all I like ginseng honey green tea that's, well, that's pretty good it's green tea it, yeah. i like it i'm a big fan <laughs> just adding i'm You're a bigger fan of black tea green me and sideshow got it going on yeah but uh either way that's that so you're welcome dude he is cool. his liver well, was so clean it was flushed out like yeah they died yeah, yeah. Tom, that little, definitely worked because now I'm jonesing for some green tea because yeah, I feel too. like I, I go Sideshow Bob. <laughs> Any French fries and green tea, Tom. Shout out to Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. So, Tom, where are we going now? We're going jumping forward a little in the future. Yeah, we're going to the year 1090-ish. We're going to oh, be nice. ending this one in 1122. This is awful. So I, <laughs> I'm gonna blast through this one. Let's go. So we're talking about a guy named Il Ghazi, who was a fierce Turkish leader in a time when taking land from each other was the funnest thing to do. Oh, yeah, no TV still. And, and he's Turkish. Uh, and he's Turkish. So you know it's a hit or miss with those folks. Um, uh, true. Don't exactly know when he was born, but his dad, Artuk Bey, was the founder of the Artukid dynasty. Dude, was, classic dynasty. Cl yeah. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. Uh, and he was a standing governor of Jerusalem around 1090. Ain't that something? That's yeah. a hot time to be leading Jerusalem. <laughs> That's like right as the Crusades are about to kick off. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so removed from this area of history. I just like, I never cared. And I still don't after doing this minimal <laughs> research. That's why we're going to move very quickly. I like Dante's Inferno. That is not even close to the time. <laughs> <laughs> like way, way ahead of yourself. Yeah. Mike. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah, it's fine. He had been appointed the governor by Emir Tutush the uh, first. I don't know. Emir is basically like a it's it's like a loose term for the king, the royalty guy. Yeah, it's like E-M-I-R, Emir. Yeah, uh, E-M-I-R. Yes. Yeah, that's it's kind of like. A governor um what was the the, the india one we did recently the, the the title we discussed oh i can't remember 
I yeah. Was that a Burton well, thing? Oh no, also, that was a it was a Hague thing. But yeah. it's like it's like one of those words where it's just like a different word for being in charge. Yeah, then in that area you have like emirs and pashas and it's, it's like viscounts and dukes and all that yeah. shit. Right. So this brings me to my next point of why this is stupid. So I read <laughs> the Wikipedia for this guy. Travis, you gave us the list of who to pick, and I said, "Oh, I'll just do this guy." Bad <laughs> yeah. move. Bad move by me, because if you go to this Wikipedia page for the guy, it's like decoding another language, probably because most of the words are in another language. Piglet. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's um, Here's yeah. an example of the Wikipedia page, and you'll see what I mean. El Ghazi was dismissed by Sheena in 1104 and became the leader of Artukid family after the death of Sokmen. So that means nothing. <laughs> Sokmen. Dude, the Sockman, the Sock yeah. Monkey Empire, dude. Here's the turning point. This was disputed by Sockman's son, Ibrahim, but Il Ghazi took Mardin from him in 1106. As head of the Artikids, he made no lasting alliances with and quickly switched sides, allying with both fellow Muslims and Christian crusaders whenever he saw fit. So if that meant something to you, can you please <laughs> let me know? What a good man. How do you know it wasn't edited by someone? It was changed. Tom, this sounds like me reading the High Kings of Ireland, where it's yeah. like, none of these words mean anything. Exactly. They're strung together by thes, ofs, ahs, and ands. That's why we're doing these people here on this show, where we're just burning through people we would never actually burning respect. Burning through the history, yeah. This, yeah. Is new, yeah. this is New Year's, right? Right, this is the New Year. So, Happy New Year, all my Turkish friends. Um... <laughs> This is the year of change. Oh, the word was Viceroy that we were talking about the other day. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I like that oh, yes. song by Cole Viceroy. Oh, yeah. President Roy. And then Vice President Roy. Um, <laughs> El Ghazi gained control of Aleppo after the assassination of Lulu in 11. Not Lulu. Not, <laughs> Not Lulu. Exactly. I can't believe he killed Lulu. Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, one personal trait of the fa the faceless Turkish war warmonger um, that we do know is that this guy was an alcoholic. Who wasn't at this time? They didn't have water back then. Yeah, they just drank alcohol and ate sand. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read the rest directly off the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to, way to yeah. All right, hammer thorough. Home. Baldwin II soon arrived to drive El Ghazi back, inflicting heavy losses on the Turks in a hard-fought battle of Hab in August of 1119. The next year, El Ghazi took Nisibin and then pillaged the <laughs> county of Edessa before turning north towards Armenia. Now, we know that one. <laughs> I know that, that one. Well. <laughs> a, Turk, a Turk in Armenia is never a good story. No. No, sir. <laughs> In 1121, he made peace with the Crusaders with up to 350,000 troops, including men led by his son-in-law, Sadaqwa, the Sultan Malik of Ganja. He invaded Georgia. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. He went to Atlanta? down south. <laughs> yeah. David IV of Georgia met him at the Battle of Didgori, and Algazi was <laughs> defeated. Damn. According to oh, Matthew smoke. of Edessa, 400,000 Seljuks were killed. Holy moly. <laughs> That's a lot of Seljuks. Yeah. That's a lot of dying. Yeah. Among the various leaders, only El Ghazi and his son-in-law, Dubias, escaped. 
<laughs> a different Had they escaped on like horseback or like they just ran? Who knows? Maybe they just walked a block away. Probably. Yeah. Maybe they were never there. Who knows? We escaped, goddammit. It was dark <laughs> out there. We saw it from a distance. It wasn't going well. Read my memoirs. In 1122, Ilgazi and Balak defeated Jocelyn I of Edessa and took him prisoner. But Ilgazi died in November of that year at Dyer Jeberke. He was Dyer buried. He, he was married at uh, married buried at Maya Far. This is terrible. <laughs> Farakin, uh, which is, is, is today Sylvan. Sylvan. Sylvan, is that a place? Do you know it? Nope. It's a learning. See, center. and this is like they were using that for context. Okay. <laughs> Balak succeeded him in Aleppo, and his sons Suleiman and Timurtash succeeded him in Mardin. So that's the end of our good friend and a very memorable Il Ghazi. Oh, I will cherish that memory till I die. Uh, November of 1122. Oh, sorry. Woo. Sorry to see you go so soon. <laughs> Do we know how he died or no idea? No idea. No he just idea. died. Right. He just go. died. I, I, I honestly tried for about nope, a half hour to fine. decipher what I was reading. Yeah. And uh, at first I got on myself. I said, am I stupid? Do I not know history? And then I no. realized, no. <laughs> it is this man who is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we have microwaves, Tom. Yeah. We make Hot Pockets. They were just like, yo, I have to invade somewhere. Yeah, I just couldn't <laughs> believe what I was reading. It was like a, it was like a captcha. You know, like those, <laughs> what are these fucking words, goddammit? <laughs> All, right, All right, so we're going to be jumping forward a few hundred years to the, well, our death date is going to be 1622. And we're going to be talking, we, yeah, I feel like every time we do this, we have to have at least one stupid-ass saint. And uh, yeah, that's a good tradition to uphold. Yeah, so we're talking about Fidelis of Sigmargin. Um, and just like okay. just like Saicho, uh, that wasn't his real name, his real name was Mark Roy. Or even better, <laughs> yeah, and, what was Mark it? Roy, Mark, Mark Roy, and Roy. Vice Roy, yeah, yeah, no, Mark Roy is a <laughs> welder in idaho who <laughs> owns a dodge ram and lives on like a 30 acre farm that's mark roy <laughs> yeah that definitely sounds like mark roy to me so i went to a whole bunch of different like catholic like saint history pages here and it didn't there's a lot of uh you think the catholic church would get like all on the same page with their saints but all the stories were slightly different and even his name mark roy sometimes they were calling him mark ray so come on, Catholic Church, get your get your canon together. They're they're working on modern problems. Okay, they don't need to go back right yeah. now. Okay, yeah, right. They're still trying to figure out if we should be speaking Latin in mass or not. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and what so, to do with all these molestations? Yeah. So, Mister Mark yeah, Roy. <laughs> yeah, Mister Mark Roy was born in 1577 in Sigmaringen. Fidelis of Sigmaringen. Where's uh, what, Sigmaringen? It's a uh, small village that's in modern day Germany. Oh. So we're dealing with a little German here. Uh, Mark came from a rich lawyer dad. Um, so obviously, Mark went to university to study philosophy and law. And I've heard that when you go to law school, it's a lot of work. But uh, those lawyers, they like to drink and they like to fuck. Mm. Lawyers 
it's to become a lawyer, it's difficult, but only for the last like 150 years. Yeah, pretty much anyone with who didn't have to work a field to make sure that they could feed someone could become a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. like back. It was like day. if you're a good. Oh, talker. you read yeah. three and a half books. Yeah, you can. You, you can be it. a lawyer. Yeah. yeah, like, like the tale of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah. oh, look yeah, at this humble man yeah. from fucking Illinois becoming a lawyer. It's just like he, he got lucky. It's a like tree t- fell down and he didn't need to chop wood for like three <laughs> months, so he became yeah. a lawyer. Yeah, there's like fifty people in this town or wherever he lived. Or... Yeah, and they just fight over tooth fairy money, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so our boy Mark. I'll save. Yeah. Our boy Mark is going to law school in the six in the uh, the seventeenth century, and he's in Germany too. So these law law school students are drinking and fucking, drinking a lot of wine, um, not beer so much back then. But they're just doing cool shit. Yeah, not Mark. Mark, uh, while he was studying, he took a vow of chastity, refused to drink wine, and wore a hair shirt. This guy sucks. Hair shirt? Yeah. Hair shirt. Ugh, what a creep. So a hair shirt, shirt, Mike, is, if you can imagine the most itchy, itchy sweater ever, um, now wear that all the time, and you get bonus points if you add thorns to it and tie it really tight around your body with a rope. Yeah. Oh, so he was Imagine wearing a coat made out of, like, porcupine quills, but you're wearing it inside out so that the quills are going against your skin. Yeah. That's awful. Oh, yeah. God. Like, like this is the time, uh, spoilers, I'm going to be doing a, one, a roast in the future about kind of these pious, you know, uh, German people in particular and French. This is like that game Blasphemous. Like, this is like the kind of creepy, right. you know, self-harm Catholicism going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, also for a more modern context, just think about wearing a Gildan shirt from one of your favorite bands. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 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 so, some gildans are good but there's, yeah there's the bad ones most gildans are pretty bad i've had a few good ones but the one so, i'm wearing right now is a terribly i don't know i'm 34 that's a good gildan this one's not bad but i have still i'm too old for this shit <laughs> so your boy mark graduates from law school but he's like nah i'm gonna be a monk i'm not gonna <laughs> do law um so in 16- same thing yeah it's a 1600s <laughs> it's the same shit yeah <laughs> In 1604, Mark travels uh, for six years with three Swabian gentlemen around Europe, um, and he's just doing masses, he's helping the poor, he's going to hospitals, and one of the things that he's toted was that he would literally give uh, poor people the shirt off of his back, which I was like, wait, but he's wearing hair shirts. Yeah, wait a minute. I'll be like, oh, keep it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's like a poor guy asking, uh, "Can you sp- uh, can, can you spare me some food? Do you have an apple or something?" You just give him like, you just give him like a, 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 a like a, a bunch of post its. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Nourish yourself, child. Yeah, or like a stack of communion wafers. Like that's yeah. all I got on me right now. <laughs> it's raining out, so they're gonna melt. Hurry up. <laughs> right. You so suck up my fingers. Yeah. After this six-year trip, he comes back to. Um, he actually ends up in France, and he's like, I don't want to be a monk anymore. I'm going to use my law degree. So he becomes a lawyer. <laughs> um, Saint lawyer. Yeah, but as a lawyer, he becomes known as the lawyer of the poor. So he's basically a public defender. Um, and this only lasts a few years because he's like, I hate law, and I'm pretty sick of dealing with these poor people. Um, 
So in 1612, he decides to become a friar with the Capuchin Order um, of a certain sect. The of... monkeys? Yeah. What do friars do? Yeah, the monkey, monkey yeah, monks. Yeah, the old monkey men? Yeah. <laughs> friars are like monks, but they... Wait, what is the difference? I don't know the difference between friars and monks. Are they like monks, a, a high school honest. football team? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm, a proud, <laughs> I'm a proud friar alumni, so... Yeah. You're talking about talk shit. Yeah. What are they? They, yeah, uh, they, they write books and they they drink beer. I think yeah, the difference cool. is based off like I I actually I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. I looked it up. All right, friars uh, work amongst the people. Monks live seclu- secluded lives. Oh, so monks, so monks so go friar, off do their yeah. own thing. Friars are like helping people out. All right, like Friar Tuck, he just chilling, yeah. getting and drunk. That's the haircut, and shit. the sick All haircut. Right, I get it. So friars are okay. Because they're actually doing something. Monks are just yeah, like, but also we're better the than the friars you. that gives them, you know, Tom, you're not thinking about what the Catholic priest way of looking at it is. Friars are going to be out in the community with their children around. Yes. Well, I figured friars got their shit together. And the monks like, are just going and doing their own thing in the monastery. They're not bothering anyone. Yeah, but they're, there's got to be something. They're brewing beer. Though. They're writing books. Yeah, but they're like, what are you doing? I kind of want to be a monk to just like hang out and do drugs. I would rather be a friar. So I walk out there and like check out my hair, everyone. Everyone likes me. I got a brown suit thing going on. (laughs) Well, bag. And uh, look, it doesn't matter what I do behind closed doors as long as it's with consenting adults. Yeah, well. You're a friar. (laughs) You're easy access. You got that skirt. Tom, I guess so, yeah, you get the haircut. Tom, we're going to find out that not everyone during this time likes uh, friars. Specifically Mark. All right, I take back everything <laughs> I said. Uh, so when he joins this order of uh, friars, he takes the name Fidelis. So kind Fidelis. of like psycho, psycho, like medicine. where he's like now known as Fidelis. Right, <laughs> which is... Um... A health insurance company. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Doesn't I thought it sounds Fidelis like mean ready mm-hmm. in Latin? So his name is Ready. Yeah, he's ready. Prepared. He just he prepared for God. What a fucking weirdo. He yeah. gets confused at every single Latin race event. <laughs> he's like, huh? Well, also na- like his name is Fidelis. So the the Marine Corps motto is Semper Fidelis. That's where Semper Fi comes from. Right. So now I'm just picturing them instead yelling Semper Mark Roy. (laughs) (laughs) Semper Mark Roy. Semper Mark Roy. Dude, one of us should like become one of those Semper Fi guys. Marine. Go do the training and all that shit, and then start another subdivision called Mark Roymans. Mark Roymans. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Let's join tomorrow. Where are the Roymen? (laughs) Make Semper. That would be so good. Semper Roy. It'd be a good time. Let's hang out on base. We have a pool table. <laughs> so, so now the that he's machine. now that he's Fidelis, now that he's Fidelis, I'm gonna keep calling him Mark because Fidelis is stupid. Yeah, Mark Roy is a better yeah. name. So, uh, this means that he has to go through a whole new round of schooling in theology uh, and all of that stuff. And on top of that, Mark was made the guardian of the Capuchin Friary in Weltkirchen, uh, Switzerland. Is the monkman. Yeah, so he's like, oh, we got this like little friary, and now I'm the boss in Switzerland. Hmm, and while while he was in Switzerland, he took care of a bunch of sick soldiers that were dealing with some outbreak, probably the fla- pra- pla- the plague or something. I don't know. Um, but he was also dealing with the dirty, vile Protestant Calvinists. So 
in the previous century, that was the whole Martin Luther, you know, Protestant Reformation. And so these Protestants are out and about still trying to, you know, pull down Catholicism. Mm. Um, so the Calvinists knew that Mark was helping the poor, but also trying to convert them or like steer them away from Calvinism. He's he's out there. You know, hey, you maybe you don't want to become Protestant. Maybe you want to go to the fancy church. You want to see the cool things at our church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you cool. real food. Cut that Calvinist mask. staple gun food. Yeah. <laughs> so these uh, Calvinists made multiple threats to Mark to knock that shit off. And now <laughs> Mark was fully prepared to martyr himself for his faith. And he would get that opportunity. <laughs> So, Good. on April 24th, 1622, Mark made his confession, celebrated Mass, and went to preach at Grolsch in Switzerland. Um, and at the end of the sermon, he started to get all weird and trip out. He's like, dude, I'm in ecstasy. I can see heaven. <laughs> He's like looking up in the sky. He's like, heaven, I see is white. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Go Damn. in that room and hey. do it. Yeah. And then he writes <laughs> this letter in the middle of the mat, the sermon, uh, saying "P fidelis prope diem secta vermilium," or "Father fidelis in days ahead will become food for worms." <laughs> oh, that's deep. Right. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> that's a bit of a threat. Yeah. yeah I need yeah. some fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, during this sermon, while he's freaking out and saying he's going to become worm food, a bunch of Calvinists had gathered outside the church. Now, the thing about Mark here is that he was protected by the Austrian government, the Habsburgs. So, uh, there was a possibility that he was actually an Austrian spy. Oh, crap. Um, yeah. And he had a bunch of imperial guards that were protecting him in this church. So the Austrians were called to arms, and a little mini battle happened outside of the church uh, between the Calvinists and the Austrians. And members of the congregation were like, Mark, take some of your guard and get the fuck out of here. You know, you got to live. Leave. You're crazy. And so he was escorted away, but then returned back to the church later, for whatever reason, uh, alone. And he was approached by 20 Calvinist soldiers that called him a false prophet and demanded that he renounce his Catholic faith. But Mark was stubborn. And this is according to a local account of what went down. He said, I am sent not to conf confute, uh, not to embrace your heresy, the Catholic religion, the, um, the faith of all ages. I fear no death. <laughs> so one of them beat him to the ground uh, with a stroke to the head with his back sword. Fidelis rose again to his knees, stretching his arms forth uh, in the form of a cross, saying in a feeble voice, Pardon my enemies, O Lord, blinded by the passion they know not what they do. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Mary, Mother of God, squirm me. And another sword stroke clove his skull in two, and he Ooh. fell to the ground in a pool of his own blood, and the soldiers continued to stab his body on the ground with long knives. <laughs> Making then, sure he's dead. That's cool. Yeah. That's a cool way to die. Yeah. Probably hurt, then, but that's sick. <laughs> yeah, then just for fun, they hacked off his left leg. Oh, fuck. 
That's a Why weird not? fun. That's a like, hey, let's have some fun, guys. Everyone goes right to the left leg. Like we know what fun yeah. is. We know we know exactly what. If you you're mean. not, oh man, hopefully you're dead by that time. But damn, you probably felt that yep. way out. And that's the end of uh, Mark Roy. He was God, eventually was canonized and declared a martyr uh, in the uh, in 1746. He was declared a martyr ten years later. Uh, I looked up. I was trying to look up what he was a patron saint of, but I don't think he's the patron saint of anything. He's just uh, an asshole. <laughs> he's the patron saint of Austrian spies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Nobody likes a martyr. There is no point in being a martyr ever. What's a martyr? A martyr is someone who dies or sacrifices something um, that they probably shouldn't be sacrificing for their better being. For a oh. point. It usually means dying for your religious beliefs. The cause, all right. Yeah, it's like like well, Joan of Arc is also a martyr for the French, I guess. Yeah. Jesus is the <laughs> martyr for humanity. All right. It's all perspective, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a martyr could be something like... Um, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> kind yeah. of. Or like just an <laughs> annoying girlfriend who doesn't do the right thing because she's trying to be emotionally supportive, even though it's like way more crippling on the relationship. Things like that. Yeah. Well. So don't do that, I you're guess. You're dead for a reason. So rest of the piece of shit. Dead. Yeah. You stupid <laughs> Mark. Yeah, stupid. fuck off Mark Roy. Yeah, man. Mark you. Roy. Mark Roy, piece of shit. So with that, it's like combination like Red Red Bull is like kicking in, man. Oh yeah, do you need another one? I can't drink two. I probably die. Yeah, don't. I was. I've already had two energy drinks. Awesome. Maybe like my liver hates energy drinks. Just take some anabolic steroids. Yeah, I need some steroids to keep me up. Yeah. So there's Mark Roy. He should have just taken steroids and gone to the gym. <laughs> but instead, he's decided to be like, mm. hey, so he decided to, to weird love shit. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Look where it got him. His yeah, skull thanks, cleaved God. in two. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a nice way to go out when you're fucking doing all that shit. I just think it's kind of weird how they're just like, let me cut his left leg off for fun. Yeah. That was in the source. No TV. Yeah. No TV, man. Yeah. Yep. Moral of the story over and they, over again. No TV. No TV. They could have been watching Bob Loves Abishola on CBS, and that instead <laughs> yeah. they're dying for their religious beliefs. Very legs. true. Very true. So we're going to jump forward 100 years. I'm up again. Now. Damn. So How our, far are we traveling? We're traveling 100 years to the death date of 1722. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Travel. Oh, Earth traveling. Right. We're going. We're going across the seas, across the Atlantic, mm. to the Caribbean. All right. Oh, are we talking about Ron John? Yeah, Ron John. <laughs> this is the founder of Ron John. <laughs> He's another martyr. He yeah. died in 1722 for smile T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Surf wax. Yama, first white man in the Caribbean. Man. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna roast a man named Jonathan. We're gonna roast a man named Jonathan Dickerson. Ron uh, John Dickerson. Ron yeah. John Dick. So our story mainly takes place in the Caribbean, but Jonathan Dickerson's crowning achievement was that he was the uh, two-time mayor of Philly in the 1710s. Cool. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's not a martyr. Yeah, our real story takes place on the cusp of the of the 18th century. So we're in the late 1600s. 
we don't know what Jonathan Dickerson looked like, so I want you to just think of him as Chevy Chase in the National Lampoon series. All right. But this is National National Lampoon's of the 17th century, so keep that in mind. Awesome. Yeah. So he's wearing some nice, like, nice garb, maybe a powdered wig. Yeah. He's dressed nice. Probably was. Jonathan Dickerson was born in 1663 in Jamaica. Yeah, Rasta. Nah, well, eh, eh. I mean, maybe like, maybe like when a white girl goes to Jamaica, it's uh, like, yeah, Rasta. <laughs> there were like, yeah. I mean, Some there were slave plantations. Oh, there. that's terrible. It was like, yeah. it was like the but rest still, of the South. It was, he still oh, yeah, got the sure, three green, red, and yellow beads put in his hair. Yeah. And the he's puka still, necklace. He's still Danny got a puka shell necklace. Yeah. The Ron John uh, board shorts. So, John. <laughs> Yeah, Jonathan's father... He was born father, on a sandals resort. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan's... Close. Jonathan's father helped raise horses for Oliver Cromwell during the Western Design Campaign. And this campaign was a uh, a whole... I think it was lasted like 50 years of them trying to capture Spanish possessions in the Caribbean. So, Daddy Dickinson was gifted two large plantations on Jamaica for his wartime efforts. So we're dealing with a rich, spoiled little uh, plantation kid. All right. <laughs> That's Chevy Chase. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. He might yeah. be racist. So probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan made his um, money working as a merchant in the uh, Port Royal, uh, Port Town, very wealthy Jamaican city, um, and he got himself a wife named Mary and a little boy, Jonathan Jr. Oh, and then Johnny. Yeah. Then the earthquake of 1692 happened. Uh Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Great vintage, right, Mike? Classic earthquake. Yeah. Uh, This was a what we think was a magnitude 7.5 that completely leveled Port Royal, killing around 2000 people in the initial quake and then another 3000 after from disease and injury. Oh, my God. What what kind of disease do you get from an earthquake? You just can't stop shaking. It's yeah. probably a lot of dysentery because all the poop has now uh, <laughs> entered all right. your drinks. Oh, you're like, you're like right in the middle of that shit. Yeah, oh, I hate this earthquake. I'm probably gonna die later. What a weird. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a really bad plan to put here. the to put the aqueduct below the latrines, so then the earthquake just spilled it all into the aqueduct. Yeah. Oh, yum yum <laughs> yummy. Mmm, flavor tastes like. Uh, half-eaten coconuts. <laughs> um, so Jonathan uh, got his wife Mary and uh, little Johnny Jr., who was six months old at the Aww. time. They packed up their belongings, you know, their ten slaves, and they said enough was enough. Uh, we, and they boarded the ship, the Reformation, uh, in, aug- yeah, in August uh, 23rd, 1696 and set sail for philadelphia wow that's a journey yeah yeah they just went straight to philly well no i think there was somewhere you know on the coast of pennsylvania or something yeah we like the way those guys pronounce their o's so that's where we're gonna go yeah (laughs) warder yeah warder um and yeah so also keep in mind they're getting on board the ship called the reformation so uh Johnny Boy was a Quaker. Big old mm. Quakey. Oh. Oh, so he's yeah. making like oatmeal and shit? Pretty much. Yes. Non stop. That's, that's who controlled funky. Philly, was just the oatmeal men. It was the like, oatmeal monopoly. Yeah. 
It's a fucking so, gold mine out there, that oatmeal. <laughs> a whole field of oatmeal. Ripe for the boiling. Uh, good. Uh, later on, I'm talking about a, a Quaker, so just cover it all now, and then I'll skip the bits. What was the Philly <laughs> cheesesteak invented? Could you, could you get a Philly cheesesteak back then? In 1962. <laughs> no, they needed, they needed the invention of fake cheese. Oh, and, and the invention of, and the invention of Italian Americans. <laughs> oh it's man, Italian. I'm gonna be talking about Italian Americans later. So good Quakers and Italian Americans. More to come later. Yeah. Stay tuned. Nice. Mortem. Happy New Year. <laughs> All right. Forget so now remember, this is uh, the late uh, 17th century. So this is pirate times. Uh, right. So the Reformation was escorted in a convoy led by the HMS Hampshire. And unfortunately for the Reformation, it drifted too far away from the convoy. The winds started to kick up, and actually, it was like it wasn't like a pirate ship kind of thing. It had a boom, like this ship, and the boom swung around and broke the captain's leg. Oh <laughs> damn! Damn, that's painful. That's yeah. a sloppy captain. Right. You think uh, you so, know how to operate the ship? Yeah. Right. Like so it, now, when a child loses a hand in a blender, you go, "Oh no!" But when uh, like a ninety-six-year-old ju juice professional does it, you go, "You fucking idiot." You stupid yeah. dumb. Yeah, so now they're kind of just like uh, this. The, the ship, the Reformation, is kind of alone out in the Caribbean. Their captain's out of commission. Like Gilligan's Island? Well, uh, so remember, they left... Uh, when did they leave? They left August 23rd. And by September 20th, the ship was still kind of in the straits between Cuba and Florida. And they were trying to evade French ships that they thought were in the area. Because they don't have oh. the escort anymore. They're kind of just like... Uh, on their own yeah yeah um now this meandering was not at sea was not very the, the great idea because a few days later after this you know so like uh, september 22nd uh a giant hurricane came through uh -oh. and reefed the ship on the shore of jupiter island in florida which is just north of modern day west palm beach oh wow <laughs> we're in philly <laughs> this guy just invented the cruise that's yeah he invented the royal caribbean cruise line that's it that's it that's awesome yeah that's something special yeah so even all of the ship's party survived including the captain who had the broken leg but there was a bunch of them that were already sick so they were not doing too well and they started to get provisions from the shipwreck which was up on the reef but after a few hours, they were discovered by the local Jobe tribe, or as Dickinson called them, the Hobe tribe. <laughs> well, he was obviously Spanish. Yeah, Hobe. Um, no, but not? these were these were uh, these were Native Americans. They pronounced their J's. The Jobe. They didn't even mm. have J's. All right, the J is a <laughs> a Western conception idea. Um, well, so the Jobe's Westerners. God damn yeah. it! None of what I said made sense. Ignore it. Right. We we followed it. Yeah, the Jobe pretty Thanks. much took all of the supplies uh, that they salvaged from this wreck away from the castaways. They made some very rude gestures to anyone protesting. Dickinson, being the proper Quaker, was quick to persuade the others not to resort to violence and put their trust in God to protect them. Yeah, they're all pushovers, those Quakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I pictured I the, uh, the going back to National Lampoons. I pictured the roll them up. 
<laughs> moment, you know? <laughs> what is the Roma? Uh, uh, they're going yeah. through a bad part of the city, and then they're, they roll oh, up the right, windows. Oh, right, right. They ask for directions for money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the crew members knew how to speak Spanish, and of course, at the time, the Spanish controlled Florida. Um, so uh, he tried to tell the Jobe men that they were heading for St. Augustine. Well, the Jobe had other plans. Um, the, cap the castaways were quickly taken captive, stripped naked, and led to their village in Jupiter Inlet. Oh, wow. Yeah, tan. It's exciting. Yeah. These are very pink people. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems that at first the Jobe were actually trying to help. Like, it was really confusing. I read this account. It's like some early European, like, they're savages. But, like, the Jube seemed kind of cool. Um, so they, like, fed them. They gave them their clothes back. And even an elder woman of the Jube nursed uh, Dickerson's son back to health um, because he was sick. So well, That sounded too bad to me. Yeah, it sounded like nice folks. Yeah. B bunch of nice savages. Yeah. <laughs> now, the castaways were refused to eat anything that the Jube were feeding them because they thought they were fattening them up to eat them. That's oh, hilarious. This is, just, <laughs> yeah. this is just some good white people in the Caribbean stuff. But Jube, I mean, Dickerson had a uh, reason to fear them because he heard one of the Jube call them English son of a bitches. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't know the English word for people, like group of people. They just only could know, they only knew the phrase sons of bitches. We yeah. must help these sons of the bitches. <laughs> they can meet all the other sons of bitches. That <laughs> came for the Philly cheese stay. I'm Let's not help. eating anything else. Uh, so probably because the... Uh, this Jamaican Quaker was hella annoying. The Jube just released the castaway, castaways of the Reformation. They're like, hey, get out of here. We, we want you in the anymore. S scram. They even let them take things that they didn't want. Very European things from the wreck. Mind you, things like butter, chocolate, sugar, and even <laughs> like some of the navigating tools. But I just think it's funny. Like, oh, these little white people. Here's your chocolate back. You know? <laughs> oh, thank you. Have fun out there. Yeah, chocolate's good. I Tell Philly that. I say hey. Dickerson was especially pissed because uh, the Jube took one of his most prized possession possessions, a slave boy named Caesar. Uh oh, Caesar got down. That's why they yeah. like Caesar. He can Caesar tell a good was story, chill. and they're like, "No, he's staying with us." So anyway, these castaways started to make the journey from Jupiter Inlet to Saint Augustine. So that's a two hundred and twenty mile march up the Atlantic coast of Florida. That sucks. Mm. Yes. What month is it? What's is it like summer? It is like late September. Oh, that's not ah, hurricane, into, hurricane into, season. Yeah, in <laughs> into October. Yeah, be yeah, on foot. It's good times. Yep. Uh, so along the walk, they were harassed by various native tribes um, oh, that they imagine. saw. Um, probably not so much harassed as more as like fed and stuff. And they're like, they're harassing us. They offered us lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was microwavable lasagna. Oh, yeah. savages. Demons. <laughs> Some people just don't know how to be grateful. Yeah. Turns out sometimes they're Quakers. Occasionally, the uh, castaways would see ships uh, along the shore, and they'd try to wave to them, but none of the ships stopped because they were afraid of being ambushed. Did they think that they were cannibals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the cannibals have learned really good English. Yeah. yeah, they've managed to whiten their skin. <laughs> Their first stop was Santa Lucia, 
And the natives were warned them that this was not a good place to stop. But the crew thought, hey, it's got a Spanish name. So it's probably under Spanish authority, right? Like, you know, hey, at least the, the Spanish people are from Europe. Right. Uh, they were wrong because uh, this village had been taken over by the Ace tribe, which was not as friendly as some of the other natives that they had encountered. How so? Well, that's what it said in the description. But again, they were stripped naked. Um, that was just like something that happens. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. Standard. I just finished building these clothes out of leaf. <laughs> yeah. Let me they see were, it. Yeah. So they were stripped naked, including his wife. Oh, oh my God. Shock All right. Well, was she good looking? Yes. Um, we'll just say uh, yes. For the sake of the story, imagine she's very good looking. Yeah. Very good looking. Uh, he's embarrassed. He's very red. Yeah, because he is—he doesn't like good-looking women. He's a Quaker. He likes oatmeal. He's ashamed. Yes, he's like, Dad, don't look at her. <laughs> he gets horny around oats. Like, oh, my, my temptress of a wife, spitting out perfect children. <laughs> All I want to do is sex oatmeal. So they were brought back to the Ace Village, um, and a member of the Ace Tribe ripped up Dickerson's Bible. Oh, damn. oh, oh dude. One copy, he's a Quaker. Bro. He's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. I had notes in there. Yeah. <laughs> I had little drawings of boobies. That I, keep I had in a recipe. A, a secret page in there. Yeah. I had a memo of, of typos I was going to send to the publisher so the next edition could be improved. Now they will never be improved. Now, the name of this account is, is the derogatory term the natives had for English, which was uh, Nickerlier. Well, that's oddly familiar. Oh, Nick, Nickerlier. I'm going to just... Take a step back from that one. Yeah. It's with the CK, guys. There's no G's in that. Oh, good, man. <laughs> Tongue got me Dr. Pepper. I got a Dr. Pepper to kind of distract Mike from the uh, phonetic value of that word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it turns out that the Ace Tribe didn't seem that bad because they gave them their clothes back again and even went to the extent of Dickerson's hot wife. Uh, her milk was spoiled. <laughs> she was nursing this baby. Oh, nice. Her, her milk was all bad. That'd be done. Yeah, the, the titties were not producing enough nutrients because, you know, she was, like, starving. So some of the women in the tribe actually wet-nursed little Johnson, or little uh, little Junior Dickerson. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Now, uh, some of the party convinced the ace that they were actually Spanish, and uh, they were a little skeptical because the ace were like, you're all blonde-haired, light-skinned. Uh, some of them knew Spanish. Um... Now, unfortunately, we mentioned hurricane season. There's a second hurricane came through and flooded the Ace Village. Now, the chief of the Ace Village was like, hey, uh, I'm going to take some of these Spanish castaways and bring them to, um, I'm going to bring them to uh, St. Augustine for help. Okay. Um, so they left the Dickersons, uh, the Dickersons didn't speak Spanish. They were staying in the village. Now, after this hurricane, it got pretty dire in the village. Dickerson's remained in the starving village and uh, were surviving off, quote, gills and guts of fish taken from dung hills. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Should have learned how to fish. That's just good scavenging, living off the land. Yeah. So Mary's milk, even though it was failing, uh, this kind of gave her a little bit of a uh, plus here because they started to feed her actual fish. Because she became a wet nurse for another 
native baby. So she gets out of it. She's got them titties. Mm. All right. She's not eating fish guts. Eventually, the Spanish troops would return November 2nd, and the troops were very kind to the English castaways, but they treated the ace like shit. I don't know why they asked for the help. Um, But the troops took the castaways from the village and made a huge march to St. Augustine. Uh, The surviving uh, castaways were starving, and the troops didn't give them any supplies, so a few of them died along this trip of exposure. But to sum it all up, Jonathan Dickerson and his family all survived the ordeal, making it to St. Augustine, where the Spanish governor fed them and put them on a ship for Charlestown, South Carolina, and they would eventually reach Philly April 4th, 1697. Wow. All that just to get to Philly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, pretty much it. I mentioned Jonathan Dickerson would go on to become the mayor of Philly from 17... 1712 to 1713 and also from 1717 to 1719 and died 1722 revisit this in your head the story that travis just told with clark griswold yes as your guy it makes sense i just wanted to remind you i think that was a really good framing for the story travis but we did a lot of tangents and also it's new year so i'm getting drunk yes right and i find but using the context of Chevy Chase, I would Ooh. say a good story, Travis. Wow. Family vacation. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah good to job. Philly. How, how'd he die? Just died at old age? Yeah. Doesn't say. Uh, if you look yeah, him I'm up, dead. you'll find there's actually a governor of New Jersey <laughs> called Jonathan Dickerson Joy-y. around the same time period. But we don't know what this guy looked like. He probably looks cool as hell. Yeah. Like Chris Christie like with his own idiot. beach. <laughs> And he had and, a puka shell necklace because he's from Jamaica. And right. the puka shell necklace. He invented Ron John. They're like, <laughs> I want to be the mayor of Philadelphia because where I am from, out on the streets, they call it murder. <laughs> murder. <laughs> he's Tom Hanks in that movie Philadelphia. Yeah, he just has AIDS. He's <laughs> got AIDS. He brought. He was the yeah. first guy with AIDS, and he actually was the last guy for many years. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, because he'd have sex with his wife, because guess what? Oatmeal can't get AIDS. That's true. I kind of want some oatmeal, because Tom, Tom never ordered the French fries. I didn't. From before. Oh, Are you God. serious? Oh, my God. You, you owe him, Tom. You now owe I him. owe you. Now at this hour, <laughs> yeah. I owe you. Yeah, French fries and green tea. Yeah, New Year's oatmeal <laughs> with French fries and uh, <laughs> yeah, green tea. Right. Let's jump forward a hundred years. Cheese steak. Yes, we're not traveling too far this time. Um, we ended in Philly. We're just going down the I ninety five to Virginia. Um, and Tom, it's a good thing you're drinking because we're going to be talking about the son of a tavern keeper. Oh, ooh, yeah. Only a bar would be cool. Mm-hmm. Now uh, this guy is none other than John, aka Jack uh, Joet Junior. Uh, his dad was also John Jewett, uh, so they called our main character Jack, and that's what we'll be calling him here throughout. Too many J's. Uh, his mom's, what was that? Too many J's. Yeah, J's. yeah John Jack Jewett Jr. So we'll just call him Jackie Boy. Um, his mom's name uh, is Morning Harris, and her that's Morning with a U. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. To name your daughter Morning. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder, it didn't say one way or the other, but I wonder if, like, her mom died in childbirth and the husband, the the dad's like, ah, name her Morning because I'm sad. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm too embarrassed to be looking at you. I'm always going to think of my dead wife when I see you, so I might as well name you after how I'm feeling. The yeah, only that... joyful part of my life. Yeah. It has destroyed me as a man. And now I am mourning, and so you will be too. You will forever. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad joke. Um, <laughs> let's continue that. Yeah, so John Sr. operated the Swan Tavern in Albemarle County, Virginia, uh, which is the area around Charlottesville. The family was quite well off. Uh, on his father's side, he was descended from a Huguenot French noble family that had ties to the um, King Louis and all those like that um, dynasty. I forget what the dynasty's name is. But his mother, mourning, she could tra uh, track her family back to Sir William Harris, who had signed the original Virginia Charter back in the 1600s. So this is deep, you know, old European ties in this family. Yeah, and the Huguenots uh, are pretty much like the French pilgrims. Very extreme. Yeah. Uh, the Puritan yeah. French pilgrims. That's annoying. Yeah. Uh, the family owned 13 slaves, because this is Virginia in the 1700s. Um, but like I said, they were well off. They weren't like hyper wealthy. Like they're not like Jefferson or Washington. They're just like, you know, well to do people in this small part of Virginia. Right. We don't know Swanton. a lot about Jack's young life. Um, but we do know that he grew to be six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. Jesus he Christ! <laughs> Brick shit house. That's pretty big. Back then, if you were like, if you were like five ten back then, you were a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Lincoln was like, oh, you were six three. You're a freak. Like, <laughs> he well, was he, six four, two twenty. Well, Washington. Yeah. There must have been something going on in Virginia because Washington was six two, I think. Yeah, Washington yeah, was also it, a big one. But, but this it's... boy beat Washington. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, you mentioned it before. Travis, you say there must be something happening in Virginia. It's slavery. You yes. are <laughs> you're being the fed by the hands of many. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's eating. That's what makes you big. I don't know if people realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they stretched you out when they were a little kid. They just, yeah, you just hang played you like an accordion. <laughs> I'm big boned. <laughs> Yeah, you, don't so shake the, is, uh... you don't shake the baby back and forth. You do it up and down. <laughs> make him bigger. Yeah, Jack is built like a Thanks, starting Logan. NFL linebacker. And Solid. probably because of this muscular build, he becomes a captain in the Virginia militia. Uh, he serves alongside his three brothers when the fighting in the American Revolution breaks out. Oh, wow. Yeah, so in 1781, Jack is 27 years old, and Virginia had been spared a lot of the early fighting. Most of the early fighting is taking place in New England, and then New York, and um, by this point, it's finally starting to reach Virginia. Now, Thomas Jefferson was the governor of Virginia at the time, and obviously one of the ringleaders in the revolution. And he and all of the other Virginia legislators had fled from the capital, Richmond, to Charlottesville, nearby where Jackie was stationed. Um, this was because Richmond had just been besieged by none other than Benedict Arnold. Dude, my man. Yeah, he's your Benedict, favorite. Baby. I actually like him too. He played a good yeah, game. This is, yeah, this is oh. after Benny had uh, betrayed the Americans. Now he's back fighting for Mother England. I don't think people realize how awesome Benedict Arnold was. Like, imagine this. He Spy. is Michael Jordan of generals at this time, and he betrays the entire shit and starts playing baseball, okay? 
That's yeah. like <laughs> the analogy. Like we we're only taught that he's a basketball player who played baseball. In school, you're like, what? That's stupid. Weird. But no, he ruled. He ruled the battlefield. Yeah. Until Mel Gibson killed him, Patriot. Yeah. Dude, he <laughs> another real Patriot. That's right. Uh, so Arnold had seized Richmond and had sent Jefferson and all the other legislators fleeing to Charlottesville. Uh, the British general in command of this area was also Lord Cornwallis, who would eventually surrender to Washington at Yorktown, but we're still a couple of years away from that. Now, Cornwallis knew that he could end major resistance throughout Virginia and possibly even end the war if he is able to capture Jefferson and the other Virginia legislators. So when he finds out that they escaped from Richmond, he gathers a large force of about 250 cavalrymen under the command of Lieutenant Ken, uh, Colonel Banistray Tarleton oh, and is ordered nice. to f ride hard, chase down these men, and capture Jefferson, and maybe we can end the war right here. Can I be called Benite Tarlington from now on? <laughs> Banistray Tarleton? Yeah. If you'd like. <laughs> cool. That's a cool name. I like yeah. that. Um, now, other legislators that you might know, you might know Patrick Henry. I think he was the give me liberty or give me death. He is among them. Um, and then also Benjamin Harrison V, who I don't know if he's related to the Henry Harrison presidents in the future. But anyway, if he's Virginia, our hero that's of this story. Likely. William Henry Harrison <laughs> was Virginia boy. That's true. Yeah. Um, our hero, Jackie, Jackie Jr., we can call him. Um, apparently when all this happens, he is asleep on the lawn of the Cuckoo Tavern. Now, uh, I don't know why he's asleep on the lawn of the Cuckoo Tavern. I'm going to say he passed out drunk because he just, he seems like that type of bro. Yeah, it seems like the yeah. same reason I would be passed out in front of yeah. the Cuckoo Tavern. Dude, I feel now, bad for the Cuckoo Tavern because, I mean, that guy probably could drink a lot if he's six. <laughs> like, they're going yeah, a he lot of He walks beer. in and orders a keg. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, thankfully, he hadn't been drinking hard liquor that night because he is awoken by the sound of the approaching British cavalry. Imagine if he and just he... slept through it, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> if he slept through it, we might not. We might be speaking in English accents right now. Oh, or man, he should have slept through it. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, here's the real betrayer. Alcohol. Yep. So he <laughs> knew that the he knew that these cavalrymen were probably after uh, Jefferson and the other Virginia legislators. So he sprang to action immediately. He jumps on his horse. It's 10 p.m. It's the dead of night, and he begins a 40-mile hard ride to Charlottesville. Now, because the main uh, British cavalry force is going through all the main roads directly to Charlottesville, uh, Jackie is riding through the backwoods, going through trails, you know, jumping over rivers where he knows there's a good crossing. All of this only with the light of the full moon to guide him. Uh, at also, 4 30 a.m i was oh, he, he also probably looked ridiculous on that horse because he's he's six four. Oh, all right so he, this is going to come up later so yes yeah, so he's six four two twenty also picture that he's wearing like the very fancy british red coat type of cavalry officer look but only like the american version so he is dressed as a ridiculous person at this point he is just like awesome. this huge huge giant man wearing like a fur coat and like a feather hat and riding hard through the backwoods of Virginia. Right. Also keep in mind, there was like the Revolutionary War, there was no like American uniform. 
Yeah, it was all, they're all coming up with it on their own. Yeah, everyone looked like an idiot. So it was just like a bunch of cosplay jerk offs. Like, being like uh, <laughs> do you trust my authority, please? <laughs> yep. Uh, so at 4.30 a.m., after riding through the night, uh, Jackie crosses the Ravana River and descends the mountain which holds Jefferson's Monticello home. He rides up to the front door. He awakes the governor and all of his family that the British are coming. They're on their way. And this is why Jackie is known as the Paul Revere of the South. Oh, Oh, shit. Paul Revere. Yeah. (laughs) So Jefferson... What was that? (laughs) They've got... The South has their own PR guy. Yeah, they got their own PR guy. Um... So Jefferson makes the necessary preparations to leave. He sends his family away. He sends um, some of his household away. But he doesn't leave immediately. Um, basically, he waits until the very last moment. He's got, like, a spyglass, and his house is, like, the high ground for the area, so he can see when they're coming. So the moment that he finally sees them coming down the road, that's when he takes off. Uh, rides into the woods and hides away. Mm-mm. He sent his wife away because he wanted a little bit of time with Sally Hemings. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe he brought Sally with him, too. Uh, okay. you know? Who wouldn't? Yeah. Hubba hubba. <laughs> yeah, there are a few different stories about what Jefferson does. Um, there's one tale that he lives inside of an old tree for a couple of weeks. Oh, that's pretty fucking sick. He's a Keebler um, elf for a few weeks. Yeah, treehouse, Tom. <laughs> just packing fudge. The Keebler fudge. elves take him in. I also think, because uh, we talked about Jefferson, I just want, like, Jefferson, a lot of these guys you think of as, like, ah, oh, very, like, kind of manly American men, even though they're wearing wigs. Like, Jefferson is such a nerd, like, kind of guy. Yep. He's, like, a redhead, skinny dude. Just, like, <laughs> Like, he's <laughs> yeah, a Redditor. Like, he just writes yeah. well. Like, uh, not even well. He just writes things. <laughs> he's on the $2 bill, correct? Yeah. No, Jefferson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two dollars. Yeah, that's oh, why really? they discontinued it because people kept like looking. No, at wait. Was it that Jefferson? I thought it was someone even weirder, like Madison. Was oh, on maybe it is Madison. Either way, I'm saying I whoever that is, car, he looks like a bitch. Go find out right now. Hold for research. That's just bad luck, bro. My sister tied one in my car. Like a, yeah, it's, no, it's like Jefferson. Supposedly good luck to tie it like is a, Jefferson? Like a two dollar right. bill in a car. Yeah, yeah, like the Greeks do. It was just bad luck for me. What, I don't you know. Just, your, your life just went downhill. Yeah, and then you took it off and bought, That's still bought a there. soda I still, with it. I still got it. Buy a soda on the way home, man. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. I can go Mountain Dew. So Jefferson's yeah. hiding in the tree somewhere. Yeah. So Jefferson's taking the life of a Keebler elf. Uh, there's other stories that he goes to live with fi- like uh, distant family members for a couple of weeks, and others that he like. Pretends to be like a weird, crazy hermit for a couple weeks in a cabin. Anyway, he, he escapes uh, the British grasp. Um, but Jack's ride did not stop at Monticello. He continued on to the Swan Tavern that his father owned, because that is where the rest of the Virgin- uh, Virginia legislators were holed out. So he goes there, um, warns them, they all ride away, but one of them can't ride away. That is General Edward Stevens of the American Revolutionary War, or American uh, Revolutionary Army. He had been wounded in a battle recently, so he couldn't ride very fast. But he was also, because he had been wounded, he was out of uniform and just kind of dressed a little shoddily. So Jackie Jr., dressed in this ridiculous garb, he looked super important. So the two of them are just kind of trotting along the road when the British cavalry, like, spies them and starts riding hard. So Jackie just rides as hard as he can away from Stevens, and they think Stevens is some nobody, and they keep chasing after Jackie Jr. instead. Ah, they all switch So the feather hat saved him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to back this story up just 
a moment here. So you talk about his father owning a swan pub or whatever this is swan, swan tavern. Yeah, swan, yes. tavern. Yes. swan tavern, right. And that just so happened to be where all these revolutionary <laughs> officers were. We can hypothesize that he did not go there because of the officers location. His father owned a bar and he was trying to get trashed. Yeah. That's and he, I just I, I rode all night. I saved Jefferson. Yeah, he, My job's done. He had the oh, best, I need a beer now. Yeah, he had, like, he that's had the what best, I would do. He had yeah, the best he's grown pickup up line. That. He's like, I don't he want did. this. Yeah. He had the best pickup line. I just saved Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Ladies. True. Could you imagine opening that door and just be like, oh, there's always so many hot chicks at this swan tavern. And <laughs> you open the door, there's just a bunch of old crusty dudes who are like, oh, fuck. freedom and taxation. <laughs> like, you just like, all right. There's nothing but Budweiser on tap. Yeah. Dad, give me a keg. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm going to save this guy's ass. All right? Uh, so Jackie would survive the war. Um, he would be honored by the Virginia legislator for this legendary ride. And afterwards, he would move west to Kentucky County. Now, Kentucky County at the time is the state of Kentucky now, and it was just a county of Virginia. Amazing. That's how it was treated for a while. Um, he was there when it was split into three counties, and then eventually when those three counties applied for Kentucky statehood, um, Jackie was very uh, a big proponent of statehood for Kentucky. There's also a family story that is told at this time that while Jackie is moving out west um, for the first time, and out literally out west means Kentucky. That was so, frontier. Yeah. That was the, he's heading to the frontier. Apparently, he's riding along a country road and he hears in a cabin near off the road a woman screaming and fighting with her husband, it sounds like. So, so typical, day, goes, typical day in Kentucky. Typical Kentucky day, yeah. <laughs> He walks, he apparently walks in, tries to stop this fight between this husband and wife, and apparently the wife got really mad at Jackie for trying to intervene, and takes a cooking pot and smacks him over the head with it. Oh! But the, apparently what happens is that the bottom of the pot was rusty and gave out, so it's like a cartoon where it just went like right through his head and it's just got stuck around his neck. And there's birds flying over his head and he's yeah. just like, how dare you? He's got like a perfect lump, like yeah. pink lump from the back of his head. His and apparently he runs out of the house, hops back on his horse and rides for 35 miles until he can find a blacksmith that can remove the pot from around his neck. Yes. My God, Jesus! With the pot, that is yeah. that's the ride he should be remembered for. Not that's saving the Thomas ride that he Jefferson. should be remembered for. Yeah. yeah, old Jackie Potts. They called yeah. him. He so, was kind of uh, like an aggressive uh, domestic abuse breaker upper who got yeah. just trapped in the middle of it, looking <laughs> like them Johnny Appleseed. Mm -hmm. uh, Jackie would live out the rest of his life in Kentucky. He served in the Kentucky House of Representatives for a few different terms. He would become friendly with both Andrew Jackson and Henry Clay. Um, in 1784, he had married a woman, Sally Robards. They would have 12 children. Oh, damn. He's getting busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of them was his son, Matthew, who became one of the most celebrated portrait artists in America at the time. Oh, wow. Jackie was not proud of this fact. No. Here's what he had to say. <laughs> Quote, I sent Matthew to college to make a gentleman of him, and he has turned out to be nothing but a goddamn signed painter. <laughs> Amazing. 
<laughs> so he's the um, first king of the hill, man. Yeah. Now, had Jackie uh, lived long enough to meet Matthew's son, so Jackie's grandson, he probably would have been much prouder of the boy because his grandson would be uh, named Fightin' Jim Jewett, who would rise to the rank of rear admiral in the American Civil War fighting in the U.S. Navy and won a bunch of battles for the U.S. Navy in the Civil War. So good for his grandson. Sometimes masculinity skips a generation. Uh, I mean, yeah. well, maybe... <laughs> it seems likely. Maybe Jack Jewett might have been ashamed of him because he was fighting for the U.S. Army? In Virginia? Uh, well, no, because it's... I mean, he goes to Kentucky, and Kentucky stays loyal. Oh, okay, yeah, Kentucky stays loyal. Stays loyal. So, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they were a free um, state, right? They were, they were a slave state that stayed loyal. Oh, yeah, they're like it's like West Virginia, Missouri, Kentucky, Maryland, all are slave Good states. Good college basketball. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Um, now Jackie, he would pass away quietly um, at his daughter's farm on March first, eighteen twenty-two. We don't really know how he died, uh, but there are many historians who say that had it not been for Jackie Jewett Jr., uh, the American Revolution might not have worked out the way it did, and Thomas Jefferson was probably not going to become president. Wow. Not for Jackie Jewett. Whew! We got to hide yeah. you in a tree, mister. So that's the Southern Paul Revere. I, I have to say, I think the, the story of Jack Jewett is like one of my favorite revolutionary stories. A guy passed yeah, out on the, fr on the front yard of a bar, saves... I, what are all them horses doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. man. That is a good story. I'd like to revisit that at some point. You're a, the like, you're a legend. You were talking better. about you like hundreds of years later. That's crazy. That's some fucked up shit. I, yeah, like your tale starts with you just being hung over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's sick. So I was passed like, out at the Cuckoo Tavern. Your, your family <laughs> owns a bar. You're probably born on like a fucking table or something. Dad, we got some bad British people on the way. <laughs> hey, uh, we, I love sh it. we should make some money and make a movie about this. <laughs> I love oh, it. I can imagine yeah. it as like a uh, a Disney short, you know, like a seven minute thing, like an Ichabod Crane thing. That would be fun. <laughs> a Disney bar, dude. It's it's no. I mean, it's, it's like it's like, dude, where's my car? But like American Revolution, <laughs> you know, like, dude, Bruh! dude, where's my Jefferson? Yeah, where's my Jefferson? <laughs> Sean William Scott stars as amazing. I love it. That's the name of the movie. Amazing. I love it. Talking about America, of course. Freedom. Jumping a uh, hundred years forward yet again. Right. Oh, yes. So, look. Okay, this is going to be hard. I'm Wait. drinking and it's hard to read now. I'm already bad at reading. Come on, Tom. You're going to do, do it. it. Okay, so I just want to preface this segment with my good friend Travis told me that this guy would be fun. Um, Travis, That's nice, Travis. This is not that fun. <laughs> uh, we're covering George Cadbury. Oh, ooh, George Washington, George Eggman, the Cadbury Egg Boy, and his the, family. The eggs filled with creamy cum. <laughs> yeah, like we did the whole episode on Hershey. I didn't do the research, but Travis, you learned all about Her Hershey. I'm, I'm getting hungry now. You guys, this is not fair. Let's just talk about wet egg milk. That sounds kind of good. I'm fucking <laughs> hungry. It's been, it's been one of those episodes where we will get hungry. We're talking about oatmeal a lot. Oh, oatmeal is actually, if you do it right, it's good. I know. <laughs> Gotta throw chicken and bacon in it. And that might actually be kind of good. There are chicken waffles. Yeah. 
oatmeal. You gotta try oatmeal waffles. Puts so is that how you not swole? oatmeal waffles? Uh, oatmeal and chicken. Chicken and it puts oatmeal. the hair on your balls. All right, I'm just gonna yeah. start reading. So we're talking about the the gentleman George Cadbury. Uh, he was born September nineteenth, eighteen ninety, eighteen thirty nine. George, he's born to his dad, of course, John Cadbury, a Quaker. Another Quaker. Oh. We discussed that before. Oh, oh my. He founded the Cadbury Cocoa and Chocolate Company in Britain. They saw tremendous success within the business. As a Quaker, the family enjoyed God, education, making candy, and being sober. Not fun. That's how I mean (laughs) sober part. (laughs) Who needs needs beer when you can eat endless chocolate? Yeah, chocolate's pretty damn good. Yeah, so imagine this. Diabetes. You're a child. When you're a Quaker... You're basically a child until you're 19. Like, everyone else in the world grows up gradually. You experience you, things. Yeah, like, you know, you... They're, like, shielded from the world. You're totally shielded. Everything is just, like, you're Ned Flanders. But without Stale. a car. Yeah. And your Annoying. wife dies from a t-shirt gun. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, John Cadbury is running a very successful chocolate and chocolate accessory company. But... By 1860, his brains don't work anymore, so he's got to stop doing the company. And the family's very upset by this. They're like, this is all we know besides church and education oh. for adults. Teaching pe- teaching people over 60 how to read. What a waste of well, time, thank by the you. way. Yeah, I gotta say, come on. Yeah, you should have done it before. Uh, he and his brother Richard took yeah, over. Too late. What's that? What's never say? too late to learn. It is always, yeah, pretty much. Once you're over 36, you're done. That's all you can. The rest is depleting, okay? It's gone. <laughs> anyway, um, so Richard and George, they restart the family company. Um, 1861, they found the Cadbury Brothers Chocolatiers. Um, they introduced. Cadbury's cocoa essence to the British market in 1866. I forgot to mention this is happening in Britain. Okay, so imagine how gray everything is. It might help illustrate. <laughs> really very like depressing looking. A, a British Quaker. It's like give me a fucking break. Like the Pennsylvania ones. It's like okay, at least the summer's nice. But god damn it, so it's cloudy. <laughs> it's just cl- it's it's horses. It's horse apples everywhere. That's all it is. It's hey, but at least they're not using purposely spoiled milk in their chocolate like Hershey did. Oh, <laughs> they spoil other things. Yeah. You got to think of it. Like, these people, the only thing that gets them excited is the color blue. Like, that's like when, when Christmas <laughs> comes around, they buy, like, a blue T-shirt. And they'll take a little snip of it. And then they have to give it to their friends also and share the joy. And their non-Quaker friends oh. go, oh, awesome. And then ah. throw it out and buy beer. Like I'm saying, these guys introduce the cocoa essence, which is pure chocolate oh, to the British market. Right now, yeah. Well, this is this is how they make their fortune, actually. What? Um, in 1875, they introduce chocolate as a beverage. Ooh, this is the ooh. first time that is on the market. Chocolate so drink, hot chocolate. They made oh. up yoo-hoo? yoohoo. Yeah, they made up a yoohoo. Anything oh. chocolate drink, that's them. Where's the yoo-hoo's to drink during this episode? What did you, did you drink a yoo-hoo before? Uh, I, I, I like yoo-hoo's. Wait, is it um 
is Yoohoo or Nesquik the chocolate drink, not chocolate milk? Yoohoo. Yoohoo uh, is the Nesquik chocolate drink. Yeah. Like better, though. Nesquik, Nesquik is, is chocolate milk, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Yoohoo's chocolate drink. We don't, no milk <laughs> in there, <laughs> dog. But they, no, no, no dairy about it. Yeah. They used to sell this powdered drink. And they'd go, hey, just make your own. But I think, like, I, th- I think it just had a little sugar in it. It wasn't. It's very different than it was now. No, it's not probably tasted like dog shit. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like it's like half kind of good depending on how you make it, and also like half snake oil salesman. Yeah, Yeah. it's marvelous chocolate. Yeah, like have you ever had like just like the like the bitter chocolate chips? You know that they add in things. Like that's probably what it's like. Well, those are good if you're weird, but to me they're bad. Um. So our guy George, he did marry a woman named Elizabeth Taylor, Tyler rather. Uh, she died, and that made him sad. Oh. Uh, just just noting, he gets married twice, and it's oh, supposed to be about crazy. him. This ridiculous story. Uh, the headquarters of Cadbury Chocolate and Cocoa Firm moved to Bourneville, Birmingham. Birmingham, um, exactly. As the existing premise they had been uh, uh, premises they had. It was totally outgrown. They uh, they just kept growing faster than they can they could do it. They end up building, like Milton Hershey, they end up building a whole village around it. Oh, they did a whole town. Yep, mm, commune. Mm-hmm. I'm skipping a bunch of this. This is dumb. Uh, in 19, no, we're not there yet. In 1893, all the egg employees lived in a village around the factory. It was called Bourneville. We talked about that, uh, which is a big improvement. Let's put it this way. Hey, moving on up. They uh, they were able to build 330 cottages and all the amenities that they would need for their thousand or so employees to live together. So all the health care, all the cars and stuff like that. Um, it seemed less sadistic than the Hershey one because the Hershey one was kind of um, rude. Like, yeah, they were- had like like neighborhood police inspecting your lawns and things like that yeah it was a little like the worst hoa of all time (laughs) yeah like george cadbury was on the more relaxed like hey if they're working here like why not just give them a place to be and then they'll be happier they were he was big on uh workers union rights and things like that oh Uh, definitely not a hershey thing hershey busted the unions yeah (laughs) The, quite the opposite here with Cadbury. And this is what, back to my original point, Travis, this is not fun at all to talk about a guy who's so kind of even keel. <laughs> I gave you options. You did. A chill, a chill man. You did. So this uh, chill man, he's, uh, he's got a nice thing going on. Um, they're destroying the chocolate market in Europe, killing it. Uh, the sudden death of his brother Richard leaves George the sole control of the company. Uh, he becomes the proprietor of the newspaper, The Daily News, which he used to put forward his views on social reforms, such as the introduction of old age pension. A pavilion boy. is built in the, men, in the men's recreation grounds to commemorate the coronation of King Edward VII. So this guy, he's got pride for his country. He's treating people right. But he's giving everyone diabetes. That's the angle I'll take. Uh, <laughs> he is killing a large portion of the nations of Europe. Is he's this... the reason the British have bad teeth. Probably. I would yeah. have to say probably. I would yeah. say that his organization is more insidious than the Krupp family. 
Absolutely. <laughs> More deaths in total he over a long a period. of death. Yeah. George Cadbury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do, well, I have a question for you, Tom. When he uh, was doing this, did were the eggs out? Was he so doing the, eggs? The eggs did come out a little later. Uh, in 1904, he put out the precursor to the eggs, which was just a, a milk chocolate bar. And was man, it the chicken? And when he put that out, everyone, everyone who was making chocolate, they ran to the hills, straight up. They were like, nah, nah. It was like a Kanye album or something. Everyone's like, <laughs> shit, everyone's eating this milk. <laughs> I kind of want chocolate now. Well, if yeah. you were the Swiss chocolatiers, you literally ran t- into the hills. The Swiss well, this elves. is actually a competitor to the Swiss chocolatiers, of which their names I didn't write down. I don't eat sweets. I don't care for this. <laughs> uh, but this was the competitor to the Swiss chocolatiers. Wow. Introducing the milk chocolate. On top of his progressive confectionery views, George Cadbury was an advocate for workers' rights. A hundred percent. This is what the man is remembered for to this day. He was a nice guy who donated all kinds of money to education, which I'm sure was robbed by the bloated administration. This is just the normal way she goes. Yeah. But the thought counts. I will say the thought counts. So this man who has filled up many Easter baskets and all that stuff, he dies in his home, Norfield Manor oh, House, no. October 24th, 1922, at age 83, after stuffing all that chocolate down people's uh, throats. That's a good life, eating chocolate. I take that. Yeah. Exactly. Was this tale interesting? I thought so. All right. But- well, there you go. You got Mike. Yeah. No chocolate, I like it. I want, you know what I want, I want right now? This is all random. But like, you know, True Moo, like the chocolate milk. Okay. Like in the milk cartons. I want one of those right now. It's tight. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, then I guess it was worth doing the research on. That's all we got. That's the last person of uh, the past we're going to talk about. Other yeah, it's than... the last guy to die. That was him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought there was going to be more based on my well, good friend Travis, who's constantly lying to me, what he, how he hyped him up. I didn't hype him up, dog. You hyped him up. <laughs> That's why I chose him. Seems like a good dude. You could have done Shackleton. The I should have done Shackleton. No, Shack- Shackleton, that's got to be a full one. Shackleton's got some crazy shit. Yeah. So, yeah, now we're going to do our 10th entries. Entries. We're going to 2022. We're going to talk about some people. Bada bing, bada boom. Hey, Tom, yo. you said you did a lot of uh, research this for year? this last one. I don't know. Do you know someone who died this year that makes you upset? You want to talk about, Mike? Let me think for a second. Because I do. You want me to go while you think? Because yeah, you don't have to listen to mine. No, listen, listen. All right, I'll just go in. Okay, so a lot of celebrities died this year. This is usually the outlook we have. A lot of s- people I don't really care for, they died. But the one guy I really cared for the most, and what really upset me and kept me awake, was Clint Arliss, who was a contestant <laughs> on season 11 of The Bachelorette. <laughs> rest in peace. Oh, Dude, rest in peace, Clint. Now, Clint, at age 34, he was the kind of guy who everyone loved being around. And as a reality star, he brought joy to homes of millions of Americans yes. on The Bachelorette Season 11. Oh, man, great season. One. Now, we lost this good one on January 11th, 2022. He died oh. by hanging himself. What? <laughs> he was framed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. He's he's framed. Framed. 
he he left. Well, he he hung himself, so he may have been framed. But he it's also true. left. Whoever framed him covered their tracks, Mike, as they left uh, a suicide note. <laughs> what does it say? I didn't get into the nitty gritty. I just was That's thinking about season eleven of the Bachelorette. Christ, no. holy fuck! <laughs> Damn. The coroner's report said Arliss had been struggling with mental health issues, including paranoia and belief that people were watching him. That may have been carried over from his, <laughs> <laughs> that may have been carried over from his time oh. of the Bachelorette season eleven, where everyone was watching him. <laughs> hey. That's gnarly. Oh. I'm sorry, I, I was I have allergies. <laughs> Um, he was also experiencing ongoing problems with his girlfriend of four years. The reality star was part of an experimental drug trial. However, the trial has no reports other than this one that it would change the mental health to such extreme states of usage. What kind of drugs was he doing? He was doing something that was supposed to stop him from killing himself. And what ended up happening was he wrote a note and then killed himself. That's, <laughs> God. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, so shout out to Clint Arliss, uh, a contestant on the season 11 <laughs> of The Bachelorette. We will miss you dearly, American sweetheart, Clint Arliss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Connor, who, who's, uh, who uh, died this year? Wait, I'm going to go last. I want to go last. So, Travis, you go. Okay. Uh, this one I didn't even know about. Uh, unlike Clint here, I knew right when that happened. That was everyone did. Everyone, I mean, everyone was The world stopped. Him. The world stopped. Yeah. What uh, way to start the year? <laughs> French New Wave director Jean-Luc Godard passed Ooh. away this year. Some of uh, my, my favorite film history. I love French New Wave because nothing fucking happens. It's my favorite films. Uh, screensavers yeah band of outsiders uh 400 blows breathless great films yeah these are all words and i think there's a video i didn't do as much research as i mean that was a big subject tom but i'm pretty sure there's a video of him getting <laughs> pied in the face about uh 10 years ago 20 years ago yeah what was that about it was some angry fan that just uh Pied him in the face while he was walking around. <laughs> Wait, he did 400 blows? Yeah. Hmm. That movie was all right. I, my favorite's Band of Outsiders, hands down. Uh, Alphaville. Uh, but yeah, Band of Outsiders or Breathless, my favorite. He didn't um, do, he has nothing to do with 400 blows. He didn't do 400 blows? No. <laughs> I was oh. like, wait a second here. All that right, is well, a Francois Truffant. Truffant. Oh, all right, well, you know, whatever. Mike, who is your favorite <laughs> French, French New, Wave. New Wave director? <laughs> well, I'm glad I caught it. <laughs> whatever. He probably influences all the same fucking group of people. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. I mean, it's very Godard. Yeah. Well, anyway, Mike, did, who, who, uh, did you, you, did know you watch that... any of the films, the French New Wave of cinema by... <laughs> Jean-Luc Godard, <laughs> or perhaps catch any of season 11 of The Bachelorette. That was the real yeah, influence. The ultimate influence, Jean-Luc Godard. Influence yeah. was season 11 of Bachelorette. Only season 11 because it's two ones, and that's 9-11. Uh, 
Yeah, well, <laughs> and that's why they killed him. He was the ninth contestant out. Yeah, he's the ninth contestant. This is this is adding up. <laughs> but we always catch ourselves here at Roast Mortem with mistakes that we make. Yeah, I'm oh, glad you God. caught my 400 blows. No, it's okay. I've I've had a lot more mistakes than that. Than 400, I meant. Um, yeah. Like, you got anyone so, you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about a person? I don't think anyone that died this year. Not a single person? I can't think of Not hey, Gilbert Godfrey? Mike. That's Coolio. Coolio? Coolio? I mean, Gangster's Paradise is all right, so... Oh, yeah. See, I was gonna I was gonna finish by just playing out Gangster's Paradise. Oh, that was how I was just gonna end it. <laughs> Hold up, we don't want to ruin that. What about Anne Hesch? She was an actress in her mid fifties who had been Bob on several Saget. TV shows. Bob Saget, Aunt Anne Hesh. She she was on a Bob bunch Saget of drugs died this year. Yeah, yeah Meatloaf. That's right. Wait, I thought Bob wasn't Bob Saget a few years ago. That's no, he January right. 9th. He, oh, oh shit! He like died in a, in a hotel room. Right? Yeah, because he took yeah. the, the he had a the COVID, sex pill. Well, no, he had the COVID injection on him. Bro, they don't want to talk about it. Dude, <laughs> he just gotten third vaccine. He got he got shotted up too many times. Gallagher, Gallagher died. Yeah, what about Gallagher? Dude. Come on, you grew up with Gallagher. Gallagher, yeah, that was my favorite show when I was growing up. Okay, close enough. What else? <laughs> Dude, fucking. Uh, I, I think a lot of the guys from uh, the Sopranos TV show they died. Oh, Paulie Walnuts died. Yeah, Tony Sirico. Yeah, yeah I was Paul I was thinking of mentioning him too. Isn't that sad? Yeah. What Who about cares? uh? What about, I just want to say his name. Guy. What about Gaylord Perry? Uh, he was an American player, baseball American player, baseball player. Yeah. Gaylord uh, what, what Perry. Team did he play for? <laughs> all right, in all seriousness, SF. Um, Connor, were you going to talk about Coolio? Uh, well, I was thinking about who to mention, and I did want to give a shout out well, to Aaron three... Carter died too. Oh yes, Aaron Sorry, Carter. Yes, Aaron Carter died. Yeah. Shout out to him. He's dead uh, now. Three oh, three Italian American icons. We mentioned Tony Sirico. Uh, we also this year lost Ray Liotta, and uh, I forget his name right now. Something Cirillo, Sirico. No, that's that's Paulie Wallace. Uh, the guy who plays. He's in the Sopranos. The Don also. in God in Goodfellas. He's a like the, uh, pussycat. Is that, is that no, him? who's the main the main guy the main big guy in Goodfellas? It, that's, like the leader of the mafia. I forget his name, but he's Paul. Well, he did die this year. I looked it up. Right. Paul Sorvino. Holy. Paul Sorvino. That's yeah. who it is. All right. And he was playing uh, Paul Cicero in Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh. So a lot of Italian American icons. Not a good year for Italy. You know, you know who's this still is what kicking? Happens. This Joe is what Pesci. happens when you try, you, like the people, the people, all of them, not pointing any fingers, just broadly. We keep talking about taking away Columbus Day. This is what's going to keep <laughs> happening. You're going to lose your Ray Liotas. You're going to lose the De Niro's. Yeah. He's coming soon. Next year, if you have one less Columbus Day celebration in a public school, I guarantee you, De Niro's gone. Shot. What about Joe yeah, Pesci? He can't die. No, Joe Pesci's oh, not even uh, Italian. Also, Shout out Shinzo Abe getting blasted by a homemade shotgun oh, and yeah. then having the assassin's po uh, policy demands be put through months later. Maybe the most successful political assassination in history. Yeah. Even for that guy. That was a sorry, weird one. Sorry for, sorry for Shinzo Abe, but good for the guy that killed him. Yeah. Well, yeah. From what I understand, Shinzo Abe was like the man, though. He was uh, like, he was like, you people need to fuck more. Yeah, not a lot. Of, not a lot of people liked. He was very divisive. 
What is that? Well, I mean, he's a politician. I mean, no, yeah, like he, uh, some people loved him, some people hated him. <laughs> as as uh, someone who only appreciates Asian cultures, all kinds, everyone, uh, I loved him. Any loss of life over there, it's bad for me. So Shinzo Abe, shout out to you. <laughs> shout out Shinzo Abe. And that's our countdown, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you have a great new year. And while you're listening to, um, do you have Aaron? another podcast? Huh? Do you have another podcast? No. Are you doing a plug? I'm saying you should. Yeah, you should listen to Aaron Carter's Jimmy Neutron soundtrack. <laughs> Amen. On New Year's Day. On New Year's Day. Or else I'll, I'll just be very disappointed. <laughs>